I gotta tell you, Aaron, the neat thing about being here in the er, um, the neat thing in general is that because of one of my only one of my headphones is working tonight, so it actually sounds like we're broadcasting in mono, like AM radio. Nothing wrong with that. It actually sounds like we're broadcasting to me, not to everybody else. And everybody else, I'm gonna put it in stereo. But to me, right now, it sounds. Like this is an AM radio broadcast, which is neat, but I'll just leave it at that. And we'll move forward with episode number 21. This is Jobbing Out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster with you. Um, got a bit of a late uh, taping this week, and so I apologize. Uh, should everything up by Friday, so it shouldn't be that big of a deal. But um, we like to try to tape a little bit earlier in the week, so there's more time to get it, and you can squeeze it into your week somehow. So apologize for that. Hey, people can listen on weekends, too. That is true, and I would encourage you to listen on the weekend. For example, if you're at the beach this weekend, you could like have fun with your family, or you could keep your shirt on. Trust me, I know who you are. Keep your shirt on. And put the old earbuds in and enjoy jobbing out while you're sitting on the beach. We got a hell of an episode for you this oh, week. Oh, man, do we? Um, let's just pull back the curtain. We have actually already taped both of our interviews for the week. Um, that's the magic of doing a podcast. It's not live. We Why are you have... going so inside I know, baseball? Right? It's ridiculous. You're talking about the headphones, talking about the <laughs> right? We actually already taped both of our guests for the week. Um, they both kick ass, man. Two really great conversations to share with you. Uh, in segment number two, we're going to chat with Adam Carricker. And you say, I kind of recognize that name. Adam Carricker, uh, former NFL defensive end. And it's tough to say former. He's, he's not. I wouldn't say former. Well, I'm going to end up. I, he you is, know I'm going to do it. He is an NFL free agent is what he, he is. He is. And, and I, I'll end up doing it inevitably. I'm going to yep. end up saying former because. And I, you know, I even think that if we really put the gun to his head, he'd be like, dude, I know. It's just the way it is. Once you get out, it's so hard to get back in. Right. It really no, is. It's just brutally difficult in this league. Uh, played in Washington, played in St. Louis, um, played at Nebraska in college, was a first-round draft pick. I mean, a damn good football player and um, just a huge wrestling guy um, and huge in the way that, like, he might maybe become a wrestler. He's, he's been saying some interesting things on Twitter and Facebook over the past couple of yeah. weeks, which really made us want to get him. It, so, we, when we, we saw did. something that he said recently about perhaps his immediate future yeah, it wasn't just one thing he's been it's been weird he's seemingly every day has been saying something about wwe just dropping it's almost well been so like, has angelina from the jersey shore well, angelina but, is supposed is going to a wwe tryout so, that's unbelievable which is which is great it's, it's really funny i tried to track her down this week <laughs> you, know, I, you know what and, and I, i'm gonna say this Angelina, if she's actually dedicated to it, which it seems like she's, uh, she was in TNA for a for a uh, cup of coffee there. She seems into it. I'm uh, saying if, you know, the fact that she could get over as a heel in the Jersey Shore house and in a house full of heels, right. she was the biggest. She stood heel. out. That's a good she point. stood out. That she can stand out in a wrestling ring. All right, maybe you're right about that, but uh, I mean, I, I don't have my hopes. I'm just saying yeah, if right. if she does have any sort of talent and passion. There's a chance. Um, all right, so so we'll talk to Adam Carricker in segment number two. In segment number three, one of my favorites, Aaron had no idea. Aaron was trying to sell me on the idea of you know putting a guest on related to AAA's Triple Mania pay-per-view, which is coming up next weekend, and he starts running some names by me, and he ran one by me, and I said, dude, I'm a fan. You don't have I, to sell I, me. I didn't realize. I like him. I love his broadcasting, but I thought I would stay his name. And you were really like, uh, whatever. Okay, maybe sure. I've heard no, of him. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm such a fan. Matt Stryker, former WWE performer, um, Slammy Award winner, actually, at one point. And uh, now with uh, both Lucha Underground and 
uh, with AAA as they get ready for Triple Mania next weekend. I can't wait to talk to – well, we already did. We already put that out there. I can't wait for you to hear our conversation with Matt Stryker in segment number three. So we'll get to that. We got a quick count. We got a top five still to come. Oh, and also this week – you know what? Let's just do this at the top because we've got some not-so-fun stuff to talk about. Why don't we do something nice right here at the top? All right. Uh, we have a friend. His name is Howie. Uh, Howie Knoll is an artist. You've and seen his work because yes. you you click on this podcast. He designed the uh, the graphic that you see uh, of Aaron and I, the caricature of us staring each other down, that you see as the logo, if you will, for jobbing out. Um, Howie and I went to see Billy Joel together over the weekend, and that was a lot of fun. We had a great time. But he gave me, just donated to me, a lot of his artwork. And I said, well, Howie, this is this is really great. I, I can't possibly put all of this up in my, my house. Uh, you know, my I, I'd like my wife, and she's she's probably not going to let me put all of it up. And so we just started talking about ideas, and I said, oh, I got a great idea. Why don't we give some of this away? And Howie said, totally cool, totally cool. So we're going to start this week, every week, for like the next month or so, we're going to give away a different 8x10 print. Um, from Howie Knoll, incredible artist, um, does a lot of wrestling art, does a lot of other things. Here, let me tell you quickly about Howie. He's a professional illustrator and caricaturist. Howie Knoll offers custom, one-of-a-kind caricature portraits in black and white and full color, as well as Walking Dead sketch covers. Howie also has a wide selection of limited-edition pop culture art prints available. Ordering is easy at his website, hcknoll, that's H-C-N-O-E-L.com. Uh, this week, because Aaron and I stole a couple already. We <laughs> took a few for ourselves because they're really amazing. The guy is just an absolute genius. They're they're all good. It's not like we took the best ones. We right? took our favorite. Oh, I definitely took my favorite. You took, I think, your favorite of all the uh, the sketches. You said this is the one that oh, I like. Oh, I mean, I'm, oh, shit, it's great. But... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to give away this week an awesome Dean Ambrose print. And I will share it out on uh, my Facebook and my Twitter at some point in the next couple of days, what it looks like if you want to see it at Glenn Clark Radio or Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark. When are we going to get a show, Twitter, Aaron? I feel like that's your alley. That's your department. At so some we can point. do these types of things. Yeah. Because you know damn well I'm never going to manage it. it I. It, it's probably I, not a terrible idea. It's probably a really good idea. It, I don't have a ton of those, by it, the way. It, it may happen. Hey, it may happen. Whose idea was it to put Virgil on the show last week? Um, yeah, sometimes I, 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 this guy does have I'm really still good not ideas. Sure whether it was good, and apparently uh, we didn't do that much to dent the old GoFundMe. Yeah, well, neither did his Reddit AMA. <laughs> he's three hundred sixty dollars right now. Uh, what was he at one sixty? We should we should try to claim that we got him the two hundred. We should be like, <laughs> dude, you came on with us. You got two hundred more bucks. There we go. Um, Dean Ambrose. That's what we're giving away. It's a beautiful eight by ten color print of uh, Dean Ambrose. And uh, done by Howie Knoll, who's just a, a brilliant genius artist. And we're gonna give that away. Aaron, you are the uh, the nerd of the, the the duo. Well, look, we're both nerds, but you're the bigger nerd. We've established okay. that before. Um, give me a you know a a, a trivia question. Give oh, me we, something. We're doing, I, I thought we were going to do like they ask us questions and we pick a question of the week. Oh, and then we give them. Nah, yeah, well, I, we're we're I, gonna do trivia. Yeah, yeah. Give me some. It doesn't have to be related to Dean Ambrose. It can just be anything. It could be something coming up. It could be something. Try to make it so that it's not just so easy to go quickly to the internet and get the. I know everybody can get the answer via the internet. Are we th- out thinking ourselves? Should we just let people email in and say, "I want the picture of Dean Ambrose"? Let, let, let's at least for this one. Maybe in in okay. future points, ask us. You a know question. what? I tell you what. Question of the week. Mailbag. No, no, no. Here's what we're gonna do. I, I got a better idea. Here's what we're gonna do. 
this week, we're going to give you a code. And next week, we're going to ask you what the code was. Okay. All right? All right. And that's how you're going to win starting next week. But for this week, sure. Email us, jobbingoutshow at gmail.com. Ask any question that we can use in our next mailbag segment. It could be something along the lines of, Hey, Aaron, have you ever thrown a fish like the way that Rusev threw a fish on Monday's episode of Raw? That would be fine. Is that, there a better name for a dog than Dog Ziggler? Is, the I, answer is no. Obviously, the answer is no. And you can even say that as you ask the question. But just ask any question that we could use for our mailbag segment, which we'll be doing here in the next couple of weeks, and you will be registered. Let me say the... the do we want to say the best question? Best question wins. All right. Well, we'll do question of the week right. wins. Best for this Howie week. Noel. Best question of the week wins this Howie Noel Dean Ambrose print. Um, so, so come up with a good one, and you will win it. Now, let me make something very clear. Uh, I live in Baltimore. Aaron lives in D.C. If you are in the Baltimore, D.C. area, we can get it to you somehow, some way. You can either come pick it up from me at my studio in Baltimore. We can coordinate something somewhere that you could pick it up in D.C. We can make something work. If you don't live in Baltimore or D.C. And we have listeners who live very, very far away, and I've seen them tracked. I've been kind of shocked at some of the countries I'm seeing. I, I always assumed <laughs> we'd be huge in Cutter, by the way. I just thought it was going to be I a mean, place where we dude, would just kill. Dude, while, while, while all those guys are building the stadiums, they Correct. have the podcast <laughs> They listen to Jotting Out. Because while their friends are dying building stadiums. Jesus. Um, yeah, so email us, jobbingoutshow at gmail.com. If you're not from the area, I cannot. Look, we are still, as we tell you every week. This is still very grassroots. We're still getting there. We can't foot the bill for crazy shipping for something like this. So if you really want this, and you are happy to foot the bill for the shipping, and when you see this, you're going to say, I should probably be happy to foot the bill for the shipping. That's fine. We'll work it out via PayPal. We'll coordinate. No problem. We'll get that taken care of. But this is a preemptive shot. We're trying to do something nice. We're not at the place where we can do something nice. It's going to cost a bunch of money. We're just not. Um, if you want to sponsor us so that we can do that, again, email us, jobbingoutshow at gmail.com. We're always looking for more yeah. sponsors. And we appreciate WrestleCrates. We love WrestleCrates. They will they will always be our first. No freaking doubt about that. Never forget your you first. Do, you do always have a fond spot for your first, don't you? Absolutely. Don't you? Yeah. Even if maybe you probably shouldn't when you think about it years later. You just do. It's the way it is. But in the case of WrestleCrates, we will, <laughs> you will always, never regret yeah, that. That's no, a great that, point. That is not a we'll regret. We'll never regret that. Um, but yeah, uh, just email us, explain, Hey, look, I'm from, I live in Australia, but that's a gorgeous print. I really like to have that. I'm happy to pay the shipping for it. Good deal. Done deal. Cool. Just, when you send in your question for the mailbag, let us know, Hey, interested in the print. Here's my, here's my situation. And we'll work around that. All right. So that's everything out of the way. Now we get to the, the, the shitty part. <laughs> it's just the way that it is. Do we really have to do it? Yeah, yeah I, mean, I guess we do. Do we really have to do it? Yeah, you know. So uh, we taped last Wednesday, and last Thursday, news began breaking that just sucks. Just sucks. Um, you obviously know what we're talking about, of course. Uh, the, the legend himself, the icon, Hulk Hogan. Uh, it came out last week. There is an eight-year-old video of him delivering quite a racist rant. Um, other pieces of video have come up that include him making homophobic statements and other uh, racist commentary. There was uh, news this week about the conversation he had with his son while his son was yep. in jail yep. that uh, involved some racist language. And 
it sucks. It sucks. And so I, I think we let's get this out of the way before we get into the real conversation. Anyone, if you're a person that doesn't think there's anything wrong with what Hulk Hogan did, I kind of have no business with you. And I mean that with all due respect. Like, we can talk about some of the nuances of it, and we're going to. Yes. But if you are in the Hulk Hogan did nothing wrong camp, this is probably not going to be the podcast and, and, for you. And by the way, if you're going to compare what he said to this. And after we take Lex Luger and the child, we want the gold sucker Hulk Hogan. We're coming for you, nigga. No, do yeah. not compare the two things because they or, are very or, different things. And there's been a lot of the comparisons to the Vince McMahon clip from years ago. Or, with, even, or even Barack Obama saying it. Well, that's like the it, most insane thing I've yes. ever seen. But it, 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 at least the Vince McMahon clip, I understand why in the immediacy people are like, hey, isn't this awkward? Vince McMahon used the N-word once. Well, he didn't actually use the N-word, but something very close to the N-word. And it was a character on television. Mm-hmm. And, it was, and it wasn't saying... Oh, you effing yes, right. Correct. Yes. Correct. There, there is context involved it's, here. It's so it takes such a small brain person to be able to understand mm-hmm. that. So now let's get past that. Yes. Um, when the WWE became aware of this, they began the process of whitewashing Hulk Hogan from their history. Understandable that they would want to distance themselves from Hulk correct. Hogan correct. in in they, those they, moments. They don't want people googling him. And just just Googling the name and having the first thing that pops up be his Hall of Fame page, Correct. be the Tough Enough Judges page, all of that stuff. It's it's quite really it's smart business practice for just from a practical stance to make sure that your website isn't getting hits from people looking for this. Correct. So um, they go through this process. They fire him from Tough Enough. They remove everything they can from the website, and they distance himself he doesn't have a legends contract anymore he's completely separated in every way from wwe and i feel like that's where the conversation can begin let me point out this is not just wwe doing this by the way this is mattel is no longer putting out his Uh, uh, 2k16 the the video game so this isn't something that you're pointing at wwe and saying this is ridiculous that they're doing that nobody else would do that other people are doing this here's my my question um, my question is, how long does this last? Is is this the man? I, let me let me say this. I'm not going to ask if this is the right thing. They're their own company, and there's a lot of us that think that we should be able to tell a company how they should be able to run their business. And and I know that's sort of what we do because we tell them how they should write their storylines and we tell them how they should. Um, you know, handle characters and those types of things. And so we feel as though we can tell a company how to handle their business. This is so different from that that I don't feel as though it's appropriate for me to think that I could tell a company how to handle their business. This is what they needed to do for the for the betterment of their business, knowing that if they didn't, they'd probably face backlash mm-hmm. from the African-American community. They might well face boycotts. They might well face the pooling of advertising. All, and I don't know if they would, but they might have. I, I would never question any decision made because of that. You run a company in in these types of circumstances, I understand, and I, I, I fall back on you need to be able to make those decisions for what's best for you, and it's not my place to tell you what's best for you because while I do technically run a company, it is not anything similar to what the WWE is. It's about one hundredth of a billionth of what the WWE is. So um, that would be my first thought. 
but it does come back to how, how, when, where could there possibly be reconciliation between Hulk Hogan and the WWE? All right, I, I, I've, I've cut it up this way, and, and I've had this conversation before. There is no chance Hulk Hogan is back by WrestleMania 32. I don't. I don't think you could. I will say there is a small chance. Uh, not a small chance. A chance he will be back by 33. And in a probability, he will be back by 34. Okay. I, I think that then the bigger question becomes, is it even worth it at that point? Like, is there real value to Hulk Hogan being around at, at WrestleMania when you get to 33, 34? And maybe there is. I, I think I think there is. I think, you know, we're, we're seeing I it now see that, it. that Hulk Hogan is linked 100% with pro wrestling. They're as bad as But they what- did an awful lot of WrestleManias without Hulk Hogan. They did because Just, they had they and, and they don't have to by any stretch, but I think as bad as what you know as bad as it is what he did, I do think that it will wear off. You know, this is not the first time that Hulk Hogan has said something ridiculous. He has said many pretty awful things. Yeah, there was at, a lot of backlash towards some of the things he said about the young man that was injured yes, in yes. his son's car accident. Yeah, I mean, like, and and that got well publicized as well, but that was probably three years before he came to WWE. Right. There, There is a time that will lapse, and there are some people who will never forgive him for it. There are some no, people no, who will never tell anybody they should. No, and, and, yeah. and that's like, it, it's not about whether you should or whether you shouldn't. I think that one of the best lessons that comes from this is a reminder, and, and we all get carried away, but in in general, not just with professional wrestling, with sports, yeah. with music, mm-hmm. with movies, hero worship is a really dumb idea. It, it really is. It's it, just a really especially dumb for someone who's idea. alive. You know. Nah, I think it's dumb in general. I'm so opposed, and we, we do. You know, I do sports for a living, and and you do a lot of sports as well. I'm so opposed to the idea of statues. Like, mm. I, I mean, look look what happened in Penn State. That's the moment. The moment that yep. it all turned for me was Joe Paterno. The moment that that went down, I said to myself, why have, why do we ever build statues? Yep. Why do we try to turn a person into a deity? It's one thing that we put their name on a building or something like that. Like, you can change the name of a building yep. even if you like the person that it's named after. How many times do we you know, have a name on something and then someone comes along and pays more money and we say, you know what, we really like that guy, but we're willing to change the name because yeah. this guy wants to give us, us some money. Us here in Maryland, we're probably about to change the uh, football Well, yeah, but that guy was here. a bad guy. Well, I mean, no, there's I, a different well, no, scenario. Well, I'm just saying that, you we know... We should it, change the name of the football. It's, it's, it's very... Yeah. It's probably going to happen fairly quickly. But I'm saying huh? we even do it with, with good guys. Yeah. Even with good guys, right. we change names on a whim of buildings right. and things like of that. Course. So it's easy to do that. Statues... They don't exist forever. They can be taken down. Yes. But they immediately sort of say, this person is better than yep. other human beings. Yep. It's like the one thing that we do to deify someone. Like, I'm terribly uncomfortable. I know they don't have it anywhere permanently, but the WWE did with this with Warrior, where they created a... You the, know, the, the Warrior Award. Well, not the oh, award. Oh. They did like a, a, a statue. Yes. Now, it's not. it doesn't permanently exist in Connecticut. It's like they're going to take it with them for WrestleMania access and, and every they, year. And I mean... Dude, if yeah. you really know the guy, like, well, and, and that's all, and, and that that's, guy was. That's one of the reasons why I think that there is a very good chance that Hogan is back in the not too distant future. Right, because if you can because, make it work with Warrior, exactly. Then, yeah. Warrior is. I mean, I don't want to say you know it, it's ridiculous to compare you know him and Hogan. It just, just was like, oh, who's the worst guy here? But <laughs> right. some of the things he said were all, if not. As bad as Hogan in the same ballpark. No, you're you're right. They were definitely in the neighborhood. There's no doubt about that. Um, 
So, so yeah, that's the first thing that jumps out to me is that in general, look, I, there are people in all walks of life that I I love, but I do think that your devotion to someone, a figure, should exist at the length of if I find something else out about this person tomorrow, can I comfortably just stop caring about them? Mm-hmm. Because if the answer is no, then you have a problem, probably. Well, I I, I will. Not correct, but uh, you, you said not care about it. I think that it's not that you not care about it. It's that you have to realize that anyone yeah. you are is flawed. Can you accept that they are flawed people? I, and can you say, you know what, this guy is distinctively not a good person? I, I hear, I hear what you're saying there, and I think that's. I think it's more like, can you em, 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 eliminate that from your life, your yeah. obsession? Because the the problem people are the ones that I said at the top of the podcast that I won't be able to talk to, which are the people that say, you know, I worship Hulk Hogan. I don't care. He can do yep. no wrong. If if you are so obsessed with someone that that's the road that you walk, you have a problem. I mean, that's just the yep. way it is. Yep. You have a problem. And there were people at Penn State that dealt like that with Joe Paterno that mm-hmm. were so obsessed with Joe Paterno yep. that they were incapable. They would go to any lengths mm-hmm. to try to tell you, here's why Joe Paterno was truly the great guy and you're wrong about him. I, I mean, and, and here's, here's the fact. Here's what it is. Here's what I've been saying since then. If you are one of those people who cannot accept that something that your your idol has done – then you are a cult member. Well, yeah, that's probably true. I, 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 and, and that's legitimately one of the definitions is that you cannot accept criticism of whatever the the leader, whoever it is. You know, it's it's the same thing as Scientology. It's the same thing yeah, as so right. many of yeah, these things. Yeah, you refuse to look at it um, uh, in a clear way. That you you have to look at it through your whatever color glasses. In this case, yellow and red color glasses. Um, I. I you know, there's a look. I'm going to say that I hope you're right. That, but I don't know that, that I hope you're right. There's I, also a part of me that kind of says, and I've said this before. I'm all for people getting second chances, right? Like, I'm I'm all for people say, mm-hmm. hey, you don't believe that someone deserves a second chance? Absolutely. And there is an argument about the fact that this was eight years ago. This was eight Hulk years ago. This Hulk is Hogan. when he was at the bottom. He was at rock yeah. Bottom. I and, and that's I one do. I am a little dismissive of that only because of this. I, we've all been through shit in our lives. I know one thing. You're never going to find a video of me, no. you know, dropping the N word anywhere. I'm not, I'm not condoning it. And it's not I'm because just, nobody was recording me. I'm saying it's because it didn't happen. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I have for everyone who's like, oh, you know, everyone says those sort of things. No. No. no Incorrect. That, that, that's not true. However, you can say, you know, he was on tons of drugs there. It, it, it's and and I'm not, I'm not. Again, I'm not condoning. It. Right. I'm not saying that WWE shouldn't be doing. what I they're drank doing a lot right too. Now. <laughs> there's a lot of things, by the way. Now, in fairness, there's a lot of things that I've done that if somebody had a picture of, I'd be very embarrassed. It would probably cost me jobs. Like, yes. I, I happen to do play-by-play for a pretty significant Catholic university. There have been things that I've done in my life yes. that if they showed up on the internet tomorrow, the old Catholic university would probably say, dude, love you, but... You know, that's the end of it. Yeah. And I would have to live with that. Uh, uh, but again, that would be my fault. Exa- that would be and, on and, me. And I'm not, I'm not saying that anyone should should be saying, oh, well... Nothing should be happening to Hulk because it was so long ago, and it was in his own private residence, and it was illegally recorded, and all that. He said it. It's not good. He deserved to be fired, but at the same time, I do think that because of the circumstances surrounding it, he will be let let back in earlier than some people may uh, think. Uh, quick thoughts about that. Um, one, yes, all of that, the circumstance will be played into the way that certain people think about it. However, um, 
some of the his actions in the last week. Oh yeah, it, it, it it's have terrible. made this so much worse. so much worse, yes. and it goes back to why. I'm not certain I ever really want to see Hulk Hogan and I'm not at WrestleMania saying, you know again. I don't know if I want to. I don't know yeah. if I could ever cheer for him the same way that I did when I yeah. I, I was at WrestleMania 30. I got to see him. Yeah, and with Rock the Rock and Austin. And, and you know, I, I I popped for that. And I agree with you. I don't know if I can ever pop the same way. But I think the problem is it's it, it's one thing for you to make these awful comments. And again, we can have that conversation. You're going out of way to prove that you're just a bad guy. Right. Yes. Exactly. And, if, and if not had... all bad guys are racists. I'm not saying that that he really does hate black people or whatever, hate gay people. I don't know Hulk Hogan. I couldn't say that. Um, but you're proving that you're just a bad guy. Yep. And someone who I don't really want to see have significant amounts of success. Yes. I agree you, with you. You don't get it. You just don't understand the way the world works. And so in that way. I, well, I, I I made an argument. I did another show this week. Um, uh, I do a, another show called Six Shots, and we were talking about this because this is you know transcends pop right. culture. That's not a wrestling show or a sports show. It's a pop culture. Or it's not right. even a pop culture show. It's a it's whatever lifestyle going on, show, yeah. right? Um, and yeah, it's a topic show. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's a topic show. And this came up, and I said, look, uh, famously because I do a radio in Baltimore, and because I'm so connected to the Ravens, some of my more significant broadcasting moments. Um, I dealt a lot with Ray Rice in the last uh, year and a half. And I have I was one of the most critical human beings on the planet when it came to Ray Rice, in part because I'm so close to it that I was I I thought the way the Baltimore Ravens handled it was an embarrassment. I, I th- there are people that still look at me with sideward sideward uh, sideways. What am I trying to say? Side eyes? Yes. When I go over there, god, we're taping this late tonight. Um <laughs> When I go over there, I still, because I was aggressive in how I called them out for their handling of the Ray Rice situation. Um, but uh, two months ago, I wrote for Pressbox in Baltimore that I have come around to the idea that I think Ray Rice is deserving of another opportunity. Because I do think that people deserve second chances, in part based on how they handle um, the things they did. And while right. other football players have embarrassed themselves, Adrian Peterson still wants you to, to know that it was your fault. What happened to him right. in Minnesota, and yet he's getting a second chance. Now, I get it. It's football, and he's a good football player. Exactly. Last time Ray Rice played, he wasn't particularly good. But um, I think that plays in here, that you can, you can say you deserve a second chance, but you've got to show that you're someone who deserves a second chance. Yeah. And trying to, def- to, to defend yourself the way that you have. He hasn't instead said of, sorry once. Instead of correct. Well, he offered an apology. Well, but that, then immediately like, right. backtracked on it. That, that if you don't do it every turn... Show that you truly are regretful, remorseful for your actions, and that you are truly trying to prove that you're better than that. And I think that part of it is that this human being is just so out of touch with reality, he's not capable of that. He has insulated himself in his own world for so long where reality doesn't have to creep in. he's, he's, He's forever in kayfabe. That's part yeah, of it. I yeah. think that's that's a big part. I also think that part of it is just because you've been so successful, the real world has never had to be a factor for you. You could constantly surround yourself with, look at every time he's ever had a job somewhere. What's the first thing he does? Hire his boys. Yeah, yeah. The first thing he does is bring in all of the people to surround himself, to insulate himself that way. And so I don't think that he's capable of it. And the way that he handles himself right now... I. I don't hate Hulk Hogan. I don't know Hulk Hogan. I I, I just I, I couldn't tell you that. But do I want to see Hulk Hogan up in front of sixty thousand people in a screaming stadium? 
I don't think that I want that. And look, I know that not everybody that performs in WWE is a good guy, personally. I'm very aware of that. I'm not naive. But let's see what... If, if something comes out that proves me what a bad guy you are, I'd probably feel the same way about it, that you guy. You know, it, it, it's just like... It's like the Ray Rice thing we hear. But, you know, we might hear rumors about things. Right. But once you see the evidence, that's it. Right. Once once I know it, I yeah. can't. I can't yeah. be comfortable with the idea of you walking out and receiving that type of adulation. That if you want to... Here, like, this would be the comparison I would make. If the WWE wanted to allow Hulk Hogan to come in and do an, an autograph signing at Access... You know, a couple years at WrestleMania and be around for the weekend or something like that, attend the Hall of Fame ceremony. Okay, you know, I could see where mm-hmm. I, I would be able to stomach the idea. That's his second chance. That we we're not going to keep you away from the company forever. But there's a big difference between being allowed to have a job and and make money, and then being put on a pedestal in front of an adoring throng of fans. And that part, I honestly think I just might be done with. I I could I don't know that I will ever as someone who adored I was a you know eat your you know I was drink your milk I the whole thing mm-hmm. I loved Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. but I don't know that I can ever be comfortable with that scene like what you had in New Orleans I I think that it would be very difficult for me to stomach the idea of here's Hulk Hogan you love Hulk Hogan you know worship at the altar of Hulk Hogan ever again I again not saying the guy should be banished for eternity, but that, 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 that scene, that, real American playing the, the, the you confetti, know. the yep. whatever you're going to yep. do, um, you know, let's have, let's just have a, let's give 10 minutes on Raw to just letting Hulk Hogan be Hulk Hogan. How many times have we done that in the last three years where he never really had anything to say, you know, love me some John Cena, brother. I just don't think I could do that. I don't think I could possibly be comfortable with that whatsoever. I, I'm just curious because I, like I said, I think it's inevitable. I think it's going to happen. I don't know exactly when, but I think it will happen. I'm just curious to see what kind of reaction he will eventually get. My guess is he's treated like a returning hero, just because that's what always happens right. when when someone returns. It doesn't matter what the situation is. But it, I, I am curious down the line, and like I said, my guess is probably sometime around WrestleMania 34 uh, when he returns. I just, I hope, I hope. I don't know. Whatever. We'll deal. With, I guess we'll deal with that then when we get there. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully, we're still doing the podcast. Yeah, then. right. Uh, <laughs> I hope we're still doing the podcast in a month. <laughs> All right. Um, let's uh, let you know before we we grab a break because we do have Matt Stray or not. We have uh, Adam Carricker coming up in the next segment. Yeah. Um, we're not going to do a full raw recap this week. It, it, it was a good raw. It was a good it, raw. It was a but, fine but there wasn't necessarily raw. a ton to talk about. It was a it was a progression towards SummerSlam. Yep. Which which is fine. Some There's very, nothing wrong some with very that. Very good matches throughout there. Some good segments. I thought it was the like the first the the first you know it's a night of firsts. That was a little. It weird. was a, it was it was one kind of forced. It, like it came out of nowhere. Like like an hour before Raw, they looked down. They're like, "Hey, this guy's never wrestled this guy before, has he?" Like there was a little bit of that. You know, the, and they continued doing the weird thing with the other. And in this case, it was weird because it's like Stephanie was the heel, but Triple H was the face yeah, and pandering to the. That's goofy. They're going somewhere with it. I'm convinced they're going somewhere with it. And um, to be fair. The segment itself, as far as, hey, you're going to get this match. You're going to get this match. This right. match is awesome. That was a very effective way to set up Raw. Okay. And I don't know if the I, ratings reflected it, but I thought it was a very effective opening segment. I would encourage two things. One, if you if you want to turn a night of first into something, do it. Yeah. Just a little bit of foresight. Yep. Say, hey, how about in a month we, we have a night of first Raw? 
Now, as it turns out, when you have five weeks between pay-per-views, you know, a, the third Raw in there might be a good time to do it mm-hmm. because you need something to really kind of refresh it before you get into the final stretch before the pay-per-view. But a little bit of foresight to make it feel like it was a big deal. It didn't really feel like it was a big deal in large part because the problem with somebody wrestling somebody for the first time is unless they're both really hot at that moment, you don't really care all that much. Kevin Owens is wrestling everybody for the first time right now. Like, that's just the way yeah. it is. He hasn't wrestled yeah. anyone yet. Yeah. Owens so, Orton is not saying, oh, my God, the first time. Well, of course well, it no is. No kidding. He's yeah, been he, in it the, for a second. He's wrestled one person. Correct. Cena over and over again. So, yes, it is going to be the first time. In the same way that the next time Kevin Owens wrestles Fandango, it's the first time. That, I'd look forward to that. I mean, maybe. <laughs> you know, I, You're still in on Fandango. Yeah, Adam I, Rose. I was, the next time he wrestles Adam Rose, we're going to... Speaking of the Adam Rose... The first time, it's going to be Adam Kevin Ro- Owens and Adam, Adam Rose. Adam Rose is teasing something. Uh, I don't know if you... You say so. I, I don't know if you followed his social media at all. He's teasing something. Yeah. But I'll, I'll be waiting with bated breath. It's been <laughs> such a thrill riding the Rose Express. It may not be the Rose Express, though. I, we'll see. I understand that. I'm just saying. All right. But the, uh, the important things about Raw. Okay. Uh, John Cena... Breaking his nose, yeah, in the match, in a pretty good match. Look, I'm going to do the same thing I always do. You can try to tell me that I shouldn't complain about John Cena tapping out the champion, but I'm going to. Okay. And I'm going to do it not because it's simply him tap- tapping out the champion, because it's John Cena tapping out the champion. And I'm just... <sighs> my, my, okay, here's... but here's It I, is such a crutch for this company to go back to when they when they they run out of creativity creative ideas when they run out of good concepts to say eh, let's just have Cena run the show okay and it's it, it's there's nothing about that that's it. this is the problem Here, here's the thing. would anything regarding Cena is it specifically the tapping out or is it just the Cena's involved with the main event that you have it's, a problem it's with? part Cena involved with the main event it's a huge part having Cena cleanly beat your champion Okay. He, on I, Raw. Here's on Raw. I agree. The cleanness of it was not great, and I wonder if part of it was, you know, maybe there was supposed to be a DQ, maybe there was supposed to be a post match beatdown, and Cena's nose exploded, so they had to uh, change it a little bit. Here's the thing, though. Uh, so many people are are harping on the tap out aspect of it, saying this is so much worse. The way they have built Cena over the past few months, Seth Rollins getting pinned after an AA would be so much worse than get than tapping out to an STF. Okay. The, the I, AA, I hear you. Right, the, like, unless you want to say Cena cannot win anymore, which I know a lot of people are like, yay, Cena can't How win. How about can't win every now and then? I'd start with that. Okay, but that's why, in, but in this scenario where either he had to, pretty much he had to win either, maybe he shouldn't have, have tapped out, maybe it should have been DQ, maybe it should be counted. But DQ it was, would be a good way to do I it. Under, and I understand that. But I'm just saying, Kevin Owens destroyed the AA. I I got you. I hear what you're saying. I understand that. That's not my problem. You're talking to somebody that isn't me. I I understand. My problem isn't the difference between a pin and a submission. My problem is this is so lazy. This is so lazy. I have seen this episode of Raw for the last eight years. The moments that we get anything... That looks different. A lot of it involved John Cena. We spent the last two months actually kind of enjoying John Cena. Now, you're damn right. I was skeptical the entire time. And I'll admit to that every week. 
It doesn't have to be John Cena has to go to a graveyard somewhere and never exist again. It's that this trope that you got caught up in so often, it's lazy as shit. And it bemeans professional wrestling fans. I like your product. You are so good when you just have a little bit of creativity, a little bit. You do something that's a little bit different that really catches me saying like, wow, that was cool. That was neat. That's something I haven't seen before. And not everything you do that's different is great, but at least it's different. This is the same shit. I can turn on Raw from 2009 and see the same goddamn thing. Here's the thing. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't mean to interrupt your Yes, answer. you do. I do. I do. You were, you were yelling you at me. You are a Cena there. guy is part I, of the I'm problem. I'm not a Cena guy. But no, you just, are. You're I, a closeted I want to, Cena guy. I want to correct something here. This is not the same old shit. The same old shit, the classic Cena storyline is he gets his ass kicked every week for four weeks and he keeps coming. He never gives up. He never surrenders. He's hustled, every loyalty, time. No, no, no. respect, the and cla- then he comes out on The classic time. scene of shit is that every time he's in a match that matters, he wins. This, But this was no, not a match. It was a match that mattered no, it because it was for the United States Championship no, it, against the heavyweight champion of the world. And it's a, to set up SummerSlam. This was not the match that you matters. You didn't need to have a match you're, between you're, these you're two to set up right, SummerSlam. You're damn right you didn't. But to say that this was a match that mattered, there was zero, zero, no, you, zero you're wrong. That you Seth cannot Rollins... have your champion in a match against the top guy in the company without it mattering. Sure it, you, you can't can. do they that. Do it all the time. No, no, no. You don't. You're ch- the heavyweight champion of the world in a match on television against matter. the top guy in the company. How many oh, times oh, does oh, that oh, happen? Top guy in, well. I mean, okay, so so you're saying see is the top guy of the company, so it doesn't even make sense that he if if you're saying Rollins should have lost. What? I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what you're complaining about here. This is Cena. This is Rollins. How else are you supposed to set it up? Obviously, you want a DQ. You want Rollins to be. Standing if you're tall. going to go this route, if you're going to go the route, does, does of it a- really look any worse that Rollins sneaks away, slithers away? That's his character. That's what he does. That's exactly what he's supposed to do. He's a heel. But it, he does it, that doesn't shit. Doesn't it just look just as bad if no. he's going to lose? No. No, no, no. Because you accept that part of Rollins' character is he's going to cheat. That's what he does. But you he accept loses. that. And he's still the... going to lose. And he's still if going to lose. If you're saying that he bad, loses losing. by DQ. Or by count out. By count Whatever. And it's so much different when the match has a finish. A pin or a submission is a finish. But you're the one complaining that none of these I, matches have I, finishes. That's why I don't want the two of them in a match to begin well, with. Well, okay, but... That's part of the issue. That is part of that the is issue. That is 100%. But once you put yourself in the the match, how are... How... Glenn Clark, book that match once that match is there. Uh, let's all go home and try again. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's that's the way I book it. Look, I, again... You're you're trying to, to, to get to me to sell the idea of, well, once you do this. No, no, no. You don't have to once anything. I, I, I believe you me, I never agree needed with, to have a match between I John agree Cena. With you. One, for one, I don't really understand why it makes any sense. It doesn't make sense. Why is Seth Rollins going after the U.S. title? Correct. Yes, it doesn't make sense. Why in the world is your heavyweight champion take a match? Why would Here's, he not here do is, the thing that a champion should do, which is walk down and say, nah, I'll pass. Here's... Well, and, and here's the here's what I hope happens. And we didn't get to watch SmackDown, so maybe he does say it. I hope that he it, it comes out and he says, you know what? 
I tapped out really quickly. You know why? I didn't give a damn about the match. Well, that would be a good way to try to sell it post-time. Yes, You're right. Yes, and, and I think that they're smart enough to hopefully go back and Are they? Are I they, Aaron? But here's the question, and you ask why would they have the match. There's only one reason, even possibly, I can think of them doing that match and setting it up where Cena won. And it's not just because, because as you said, Cena's the top guy. He can get a title shot whenever he wants. They're going to have it title versus title. Yeah, I, I okay. Again, th- this this reeks of John Cena so scary important. There is what it, if Rollins wins? Um, it's you. So when you say title versus title, you're saying you're trying to unify, unify the titles. It. Yeah, well, it doesn't even. Here's the thing. It doesn't have to be. I'm wondering. I think there's a big difference between title versus title and unifying. Yeah, and and, unifying and the titles. I don't know which way they're going with this. But I also but it definitely. I don't think this is your standard. Okay, John Cena just won, so it's going to be Cena versus Rollins for the World Heavyweight now, title. Now, I, I hear what you're saying. A couple thoughts there. One, um, I'm completely not okay with the United States versus, you know, the, the unification of these two titles. The United States Championship is not significant enough that it should be unified with the World Heavyweight well, Championship. Well, doesn't that mean it, it, it's the right time? Because we've been complaining that the IC and the U.S. titles are completely interchangeable. Those are the ones to unify. But they, wh- why does it matter which one? As long as one of them disappears. No, no, no. It, it does, and I'll tell you exactly why it matters. Okay. Because I've watched wrestling. Because you cannot convince me that the United States Championship deserves to be unified with the World Heavyweight we, we Championship. Saw, we saw when, when Triple H was in charge, we saw, every, we saw the hardcore title get unified with the Intercontinental title, which ended up getting unified with the World title into all one title back in 2003 when they did it on Raw, I believe the, the, it was. the IC title was unified with the World title? Yes. The- everything was unified. They had one and on Raw... They had they had the story like this was part of the uh, Kane on Matt. This was in the midst of that because Kane was the intercontinental champion. They did something where they were like, we don't want all of these secondary titles. Oh, I understand that. I just to... don't remember them invite in, in unifying. No, it was, it was intercontinental versus because the match where it was um, Kane because Kane had the if I remember correctly, Kane had the intercontinental title. Yeah. He lost to Triple H. That unified all the titles, and then he had a rematch where it ended up he had to unmask. That was part of the whole storyline there, but they. Well, when did they bring back the IC title? They they brought them all back together. Like they were I like. Don't, I remember the, I remember them doing it with the IC in the United States. Look the, again, you just can't sell me that something is what it isn't. You can't. The IC title really. It's, it's, it's th- not, that's the problem. The IC title really has meant something. Now it doesn't right now, and it hasn't for the last well, couple of years. But that's how you make it mean but, something: is you set it alone. You get rid of the U.S. title, however you can. You do this to boost the I, IC I, title. Then you just get rid of the U.S. title. You say, "Well, that, that this is it. This is this is a unification." But, but by, I, I'm not okay with that because it reeks of. How is that better we, than just dropping it? Or how is it worse than dropping it? You you were saying okay, then just drop the U.S. title because I it. think it ends up making your championship look worse. I know who's had the U.S. title. It is not a heavyweight championship. Okay, it's not. Period. Okay. Now there was a time you're punting it. All you're doing is you're punting it. You're just then using... just punt it. Well, why don't? Why is this any worse? This is a actual thing instead of just saying okay. We're because there's no punt. logic to it. It doesn't make sense. Cena you're just is the top it. guy in the company. He has the U.S. title. That's fine. Have him go after the world heavyweight title, but don't try to pretend like John because. John Cena's got the United States Championship. Well, you just said that the top guy. Makes... It, it makes the match matter. He's in it. It's your top no, the, guy. The match matters because John Cena's in it, not because the United States Championship is involved. But so, so it doesn't apply that the United States Championship is on the top guy. No, the United States Championship. Uh, you're nitpicking here. 
you want me to be nitpicking. I, I, I feel like you're really nitpicking here if you're saying that the top guy is important and all of his matches Correct. matter, but the title itself does not matter. It doesn't. Well, then why not, why not absorb Dude, if it? You, it's the, not, hold on, hold on. It's, <laughs> what if I, instead of saying unification, if I just said it absorbed it? How's that different? It, it's just by... It, it's not different. That you're it's saying just, that if John Cena wins the match, then... He is the heavyweight champion, and there is no U.S. champion. Okay, if you do it subtly, I have no problem with that. Okay. I have no problem with the United States Championship going away. It hasn't meant anything. Okay. And and you've been trying for the last few months to make it mean something. And that's, all, that's a nice thought. But you can't, in a couple of months, erase the history of that championship belt. I agree. That, that championship belt doesn't mean anything. So why... I, I, I don't understand your... your aversion to just having it a, be my, observed. My aversion the- is to having it be one match for both belts. Because again, there's no reason why the world heavyweight champion should give a shit about the United States Championship. There's no reason. It is not It is not only not a top, a world championship, it's not even the secondary championship within the history of the well, WWE. Okay, what, what if they played off like this? Rollins says, alright, you know what? You are all about this U.S. title. You have been saying, I represent America, so I'm going to take it from you, and I'm going to get rid of it just to spite you. Okay. I mean, if you do it something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, in, in, in reality, it's about, boost, it's about getting rid of this title, which is a problem, that you have the IC and the U.S. title, and while both of them are on the same level, neither of them can mean anything, because you can just go back and forth. Right, correct. So the solution to this is get rid of one of them. I hear you, and I, I, I'm fine with doing something to get rid of one, the U.S. Yeah, title. And, and I think I'm this not could be the okay way. with saying, with trying to make it seem like a big deal, that you're trying to become the world heavyweight I, I, I think, U.S. I think, champion. I think you would sell it, and I don't know that, I think if I was booking it, I would sell it as Rollins saying, you know what, I'm going to take this from you. I'm I have take no problem with, with Seth Rollins saying, the, the the belt means nothing to me, but it means something to you, so I want it gone. Yes. I have no problem. But you've got to make it very clear okay. that he's saying, this means nothing to me. Okay. Because it shouldn't mean anything to him. Correct. Because you'd just be making shit up at that point. Correct. There is zero well, reason. You could, I mean, hypothetically, you could also say, oh, you know, he's a double champion, one of only a handful of double it, champions. It, who cares? Well, some people would. I, I, there's some people that talk about that, like it's a thing, like the Grand Slam championship thing, right? Like, It's cool. It's cool. Lance Storm was a Grand Slam champion. Was he? Yeah. Remember at the end of the, uh, WCW, they gave well, him like, so all was, of their he belts. He was hardcore. He was tag. He was... was United States. Was he U.S.? Yes. So, was he a Grand Slam, though? Eh, I mean, I guess, if you incur- I guess it would have to include the ECW championship to make that work. Did he ever... Yeah. Maybe ECW TV title, maybe. Yeah, so I, I can look it up. Yeah, but, but whatever. Um, Look... Yeah. <laughs> I, I, this is going to come back to the same thing for me. You just you are walking. It, it's you are so I I I understand that John Cena is the top guy in your company, and so you want him involved with important things. I get that. That makes sense. Yes. It is so lazy, so lazy to just come back with our trope is going to be John Cena wins. It, it's so the, demeaning. It is different, though. This is the it's first time. Not... Well, this is the first time that we've had a feud start like this. It, it is, as much as you say this is. the But it same didn't start thing, like this. It, it started a week ago. Well, and fine, and he didn't do anything, and they talked. the 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 fact that Cena is getting the upper hand early on is unusual. It it it, it is unusual in the history of Cena when you've had several weeks to build a match for Cena to come out on top this early on. It's unusual. 
Uh, I, I'm not saying this is completely different thing. He's cutting the same promos. Of course, he, yeah, well, we were, we're, you're, we're you're, so far it's, beyond it's the, the promos. You, you know, thing. you're not a man. It's all the crap yeah, yeah. that is just the Cena-ist of the Cena-ist. Uh, and I'm not, and, I'm not, and it makes you immediately just I, vomit in your mouth. Say, to say that this is the exact same thing that we've seen from Cena over and over again. You're, tr- just, you're trying it, to find subtle nuances so well, that it's no, not. It's, it's, well, it's not a subtle nuance to say that this is a completely, this is hypothetically here, if they don't do the stupid thing and put the title on, if, if they put the title on Cena, I, you know. Aaron. Yes. And, and it's very possible. I'm going to ask you a question. It's a very important is, question is I have. John Cena in it, the when, match? when we get to SummerSlam, they're going to have a championship match, right? Is John Cena in that match? Um, Assuming he can breathe, yeah. I mean, to yeah. be fair, he's not going to be on. I, uh, no, I hear you. He's his, not going to be on Raw this week. Is but is is John Cena going to be in that match? Hypothetically, yes. Okay, I got I got red. Spoiler: <laughs> John Cena, Cena wins. I'm just saying, hypothetically, here, you're living in this world where you I, think there's I, I another. I love this hypothetical world because here's what's going to happen. Maybe there's a chance he doesn't win at SummerSlam, <laughs> but I'll have you understand the feud is not ending with Seth Rollins on top. It will not happen. Maybe he wins at SummerSlam. I don't think he does, but let's just pretend like he does. The end of the Seth uh, Rollins-John Cena feud will not be with Seth Rollins coming out on top. You know why? It's never happened. Ever. There has never been a feud involving John Cena that he didn't come out on top of. Ever. Brock Lesnar. It's not over. (laughs) Okay, if you're going to say a year from now, maybe Cena beats Rollins. But remember, (laughs) even after he got destroyed, he had to come (laughs) back and have the next match where he was on the cusp of beating him. Yes. I mean, the yes. next, the, yes. after the biggest beatdown in the history of professional yes. wrestling, yes. one match later, yes. all of a sudden, John Cena was going to beat Brock Lesnar. Yes. So even then, yes. But no, but Brock Lesnar walked away from that feud. Yeah, it was as the barely, just barely. Well, and then he won it at uh, Rumble, so. Oh, God. Yeah. God. Yeah. I'm so, um, so, so, it, you, this sad world you live in where you say things like, well, maybe he won't win. He's going to win. I just can't imagine him. It doesn't make sense. Of course it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. No, it no, no. Make... You're wrong about that. It makes plenty of sense. Because understand, the rule, the single rule is John Cena wins. Lazy as shit. All right, we'll All grab right. a break. Adam Carricker joins Adam us next. <laughs> former uh, NFL uh, pass ru- say former again. He's going to NFL free agent. Um, he's been in St. Louis. He's been in Washington, and uh, he's a huge wrestling fan and a guy that um, perhaps you could be seeing in a squared circle at some point, maybe in the not too distant future. We'll talk to uh, Adam Carricker next. It is jobbing out. It's all brought to you by WrestleCrate. Need to get some cash? No problem. Head to Royal Farms, step up to the ATM, and... Get your cash for nothing, cause there is no fee. Yep, that's the way we do it at Royal Farms. Some retailers charge to use their ATMs. We don't. Our ATMs are surcharge-free, so you can always get... Cash for nothing, cause there is no fee. At all Royal Farms ATMs. Individual cardholder fees may still apply. 
Give your child the ultimate baseball camp experience this summer. At each week-long Ripken Experience Camp, players live and breathe baseball at the nation's finest youth complex. During each week-long camp, Ripken Baseball's elite coaches work alongside former major leaguers to provide an innovative instructional experience. And every camper gets decked out in the latest high-performance gear from Under Armour. Elevate your child's on-field potential with an unforgettable week at the Ripken Experience Aberdeen, powered by Under Armour. Register now at ripkenbaseball.com slash camps. Don't be the guy that has to call your mother-in-law like I've had to in the past and beg for a ride when something's wrong with your vehicle. Take it to First Choice Automotive in Joppa. 410-676-5552. Dave and Chrissy know your car is your life. Free loaner cars with major repairs. Free towing to and from at First Choice Automotive. 410-676-5552 on the web. FCAutomotive.com. Get more than the score on a 50-word blog. Go to PressBoxOnline.com for the complete story on your favorite Baltimore and D.C. sports. High school to pros. My dad calls it snuff. Uncle Jimmy, well, he calls it chew. Most all the guys in my family use it, and I never thought much of it until one of them turned up with cancer. Doctor said he can get rid of it, but not without taking part of his jaw. So I really don't care what they call it. No way is it worth winding up with a hole in my face. Tobacco stops with me. Ready to quit? Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. Wrestling fans, it's time for WrestleCrate. WrestleCrate is a pro-wrestling-themed mystery package that appears in your mailbox every month with action figures, pop vinyls, DVDs, wrestling books, fat heads, and much, much more. Plans start at only $15 a month, and every crate contains a T-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com or BarbershopWindow.com. Those T-shirts are $19.99 by themselves. Check them out at WrestleCrate.com and follow them on Twitter, at WrestleCrates, and search WrestleCrate on Facebook. Back in here, segment number two of Jobbing Out, Glenn Clark and Aaron Oster. And, you know, we've got a, a third co-host who happens to play in the NFL, and so he can never appear on this program by anything other than phone because he's never here. That, of course, being A.J. Francis of the Miami Dolphins. So we've decided that we can do better than him. We can, we can take a step up. We can find someone even more accomplished in their football career and perhaps... A bigger fan of professional wrestling. And and a actual radio star, of course. That's right. He is a former ass kicker in Washington, St. Louis, and at Nebraska. Adam Carricker now joins us here on Jobbing Out. Adam, it's Glenn and Aaron. Thanks so much for taking a couple of minutes for us, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely, dude. And I know that you are, you've done um, pro wrestling shows in your life. Like, you are so obsessed with professional wrestling that it's it's like part of your identity, isn't it? Uh, it has become kind of that way. I was approached by a buddy of mine, I don't know, about five, six years ago about doing a pro wrestling show. And I don't know, it took me about a year or two to actually get everything connected with him. And we started doing the show. We called it Fourth and Pain. It was all 100% pro wrestling. Uh, we learned after a while that people wanted to hear me talk football as well. So it became about 50-50. <laughs> but yeah, ever since then, I still to this day, we haven't done the show. I had to walk away from it. Uh, in order to focus on my rehab down in Florida. 
But, I mean, it's been almost a year and a half. And still to this day, probably about once a week, I'll get a tweet. Hey, what's going on with your show? You guys wow. are coming back? Things of that nature. So, Wow, that's really cool, man. And you guys had, like, um, a belt that you would give out in the locker room in Washington, right? Yeah, I have the belt down in my basement right now. Right now it's the ping pong championship. <laughs> the ping pong game gets the belt now. But, yeah, uh, the player of the week got the belt. And it was funny. Like, guys would take pictures, they put it out on Twitter, themselves wearing it, so the guys kind of got into it. Percentage of the locker room, when you were, let's just say in Washington, percentage of the locker room that you believe was avid wrestling fans, even if they didn't watch every week, but, like, if they had the opportunity to, they would? Uh, Percentage, uh, I'm going to say... One fifty third. Okay. That being me. Uh, well, of course, <laughs> at least I was the one fifty third that would admit it. Nobody else would admit it. Guys, well, I used to watch it, but not right. anymore. Nobody would admit it currently. So. Well, now that you're gone, Ryan Kerrigan's doing the uh, Shawn Michaels pose after every sack. What's up with that? After you leave. <laughs> so he, uh, he he has a relationship with one of our trainers, and they make goofy bets. And I know the last time that I was there. He lost the bet, and after one of his sacks, he had to do, like, uh, a layup. He had to pretend like he was doing a layup, and sure enough, the next game, he pretended like he was doing the layup. So I think it has something to do with some bets that he's lost to this trainer, and that's why he's doing the Shawn so Michaels. It's so not, I'm, I'm curious to see if it continues. It's not really an homage to the great heartbreak kid. It's really just because he has to. Now, that's actually I'm kind of pissed off about now that I hear that. He did it all season, though, so it must have been a big bet that he lost. <laughs> hey, man, uh, well, there's... I'm curious to see if it continues, so we'll have to see. I, I, there's so much I want to talk to you about because I just want to talk wrestling with you. And, and I, uh, dude, I am such a, we, both of us are nerdy fans. Aaron does it for a living. He writes for the, the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. I just do it for a goofy podcast. That's my living. Um, I, right now, obviously, we talked about it in the first segment. Everyone is freaking out about this stuff with Hulk Hogan. I know you're a Hogan guy. I, it, does it kill you, everything that's transpired in the last week, the way it kills the rest of us as wrestling fans? I don't think it kills me, um, and I, I'm not going to say I'm best friends with a lot of these wrestlers, but I'm friends with, with a handful of them, and the handful of them that I've spoken with, you know, one of the names I ask them about, obviously, is Hulk Hogan. I had the chance to meet him and Brooke, but, you know, it was a 20-second interaction. Um, so I would ask them, what's he really like? And what they would say is they wouldn't bury him or anything like that. They would just simply say his NWO persona is more to his real-life persona than his real American persona. Wow. And so I don't I didn't I don't know that he's a bad guy or anything like that, but that told me, you know, what I needed to know and it didn't it didn't shock me. Wow. I it, I you know, we've heard things, there have been stories and weird things about Hulk Hogan over the years, things that right. maybe we've kind of turned our head towards him and like, "Hey, it's the Hulkster," you know? Like we're not we're not going to worry about that type of stuff. But I still think it hurts. You know, even if we're not hurt by him, maybe it hurts that a guy that we we all grew up sort of like worshiping at the altar of um, finds himself on the outs now for its own his own fault like no doubt about that it just sucks that you never want to see that in the same way that you wouldn't want to see one of your favorite football players sort of be not able to come back and hang out with a team that you used to play for and things like that. Absolutely. When I first kind of found out about this, I don't know five six years ago, just through a random conversation, his name came up. I was, you know, I was kind of pissed. I went home that night. I wasn't in a bad mood because I was not going to let it ruin my night. But I was kind of pissed. And my yeah. wife goes, what's going on? And I told her, and she kind of laughed at me like, oh, that's stupid. But I'm like, I grew up watching this guy. You know, he was the real American. Say your prayers. Eat your vitamins. Do everything right. You know, fight for what's right. 
And it turns out that uh, he may have just done it for the money. And it was like, well, that kind of pisses me off a little bit because it, it, it makes me look at my childhood a little bit differently. You mean to tell me not all professional wrestlers are exactly like their characters on television? This is bullshit. No, I don't believe you. <laughs> That's like saying that everything on the Internet isn't true. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Now, now you said that you met, got to meet uh, Hulk and Brooke, and that, I think that was at a TNA tape, if I remember. Didn't uh, Hulk actually offer you a job there? Well, what he said was he, he, he looked at me. Because uh, one of the guys like, hey, would you would you meet this guy? You know, it's Brody's son. He'd love to meet you. Um, and he just kind of stared at me when I walked up. And he goes, brother, what do you do? And I go, I, I play for the Redskins. I just re-signed a deal with them. He goes, he just kind of, you know, he stroked his, his blonde mustache there. And he kind of looked at me and goes, well, if you're ever interested in pro wrestling, hit me up. Wow. You know, and, then, and then, you know, we shook hands, took some pictures and things of that nature. So That's cool, man. He is former NFL defensive end Adam Carricker. He joins us here on Jobbing Out. Adam, uh, the reason I wanted to get you on the last couple of weeks is because I saw something interesting on your Facebook page about um, something that might have happened recently re- involving you in the WWE. Can you um, expand on this for us a little bit? So, yeah, a few months ago, it might have even been January, February, but it was you know probably five, six months ago, a guy reached out to me, um, a guy who knows me through somebody else, but he's connected with the WWE. And he said that they were going to be doing a new season of Tough Enough and asked if I would be interested. And I said I might be. I said I'm not sure what's going on with football. Um, I just kind of want to see what happens. But uh, a couple months later, I think it was March, we got together. We did a Skype interview. And, you know, it was like maybe 10, 15 minutes long. So I asked him afterwards, I go, what'd you think? He goes, well, I'll put it to you like this. I don't know how we're going to edit it down to 90 seconds. Uh, you were as advertised. And I go, what does that mean? He goes, I watched a lot of your fourth and pain shows. He goes, so you're kind of what I thought you would be. He goes, I think they're going to like you a lot. And then about May, beginning of May, he, he said they want you to come on tough enough. And I told him, I haven't completely retired from football yet. I might be done. It might be beyond what I can control, but I haven't completely retired yet. And he said, they want you on tough enough. Uh, for some reason, you don't want to do it because I explained the situation. You have a standing open invitation to come and meet with them, come come work with them. They would love to work with you at some point. And I, you know, I I, I know some of the guys there in the WWE, and he he kind of mentioned them that they kind of talked me up a little bit. So uh, it was pretty cool. Whether I ever do it or not, uh, it's just freaking cool because I've watched them since I was little. I've watched this man. I watched all these guys, and the fact that they might actually be interested in what Adam Character has to offer. It makes me feel like a little kid all over again. I dude, I gotta feel like that would be a brutal decision to make, though, man. Like you know, we've been, we've like everybody's been in some sort of position where they had an opportunity to do something. But as you mentioned, the football thing, and I certainly understand that that you don't want that to be over until you can be at peace with it. But you know, this could be a chance to do something that you've always been interested in, that you've always been into. I, I can't imagine it was just easy to say, "Nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sort of kick that down the road right now." It definitely wasn't wasn't easy. Um, you know, I asked him, I go, how long do I have to make this decision? Um, and at that point, it was like two weeks before they were going to fly everyone down and do the 40-man tryout down there at Orlando and then narrow it down to 13. And uh, I literally took till the last day. Um, but it came down to, hey, um, when football is over, it's over. You know, they gave me the standing offer so I can come in. Uh, they can look at me, you know, when that becomes available. The other thing is my wife's pregnant with twins, been on bed rest for six weeks uh, in the hospital. And, you know, 
wrestlers they travel 300 plus days a year mm-hmm. so it's kind of like you know i gotta i gotta weigh all these options Man. so it was definitely was not easy though and have you been uh watching tough enough at all and, and kind of thinking what if uh i watched the first episode uh my wife saw it before i did i dvr'd it um she i'll tell you what she said okay and i you know it's, it's her words she goes if you'd have got on there you'd have killed everybody no, I don't know if that's the case. my wife's unbiased opinion right. um but yeah i, I was kind of thinking the same week. thing yeah. to be honest well i've watched it every single week and frankly i can't believe the last two eliminations um it kind of makes yep. me not want to watch it anymore because uh, those are the two best guys, I thought. And I'm kind of like, well, is he going to win just because he's so popular? I mean, at some point, an actual guy's got to win. Here, so. <laughs> it's got to be a guy that can wrestle. I, again, right with you. Yeah. I was shocked at the last two. I was like, oh, Patrick's number one, Ma's number two. One of them's going to obviously end up winning. They'll rig it. <laughs> well, maybe not. Apparently not. <laughs> a- Adam, it's, oh, uh, first of all, congratulations, by the way, on, on the Twins. Are these your first... No, these are four and five. Oh, my so, Jesus. Wow. <laughs> Man. All right. Well, I just had my first, and I think that's brutal. So I have no idea how you're handling that. But um, you say your wife has been watching. Where was she? Like, when this all came up, did she want you to go do that, or was she more on board with, like, dude, make sure the football thing doesn't have another chapter there? She completely left it up to me. Okay. Um because she knows when football's over, it's over, you can't go back. And when I made it clear what I wanted to do, um, what my decision was, she, she kind of looks at me and goes, you're making a stupid decision. I was like, what? I was like, all right, uh, vote of confidence for the football career there. Uh, she, goes, she, she, goes, she goes, no, you're going to be exposed to millions of people on the USA Network. Where are you ever going to get that? <laughs> And I go, you're making a great point, but you know, my uh, it didn't change my mind. But she let me know what she thought. So is it? Would it be reality? Like if if you get to a year from now, and and you can feel a little bit more comfortable that the call's not coming, and you know the, the football thing has probably just run its course, would you jump then at the opportunity? Would you say, look, I'm definitely going to do it then, or would it still be a tough decision for you to make as to whether or not you really want to be the guy that's going to end up having to be on the road for 12 months of the year well you, you said it um it's definitely something i'm going to think about like uh when i retire i'll take a little bit of time off uh mentally physically but then it's something i have to think about but ultimately it's not um like i had roman reigns on the show i had bill goldberg on our show and i asked them both the same question guys played college football guys played in the nfl yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and i asked them both the same question what is tougher football or wrestling it was funny they both hesitated like they didn't want to offend me but they both gave me the same answer wrestling because there, there's no off season um there, there, there's no there's no um dl list where you get a couple weeks off and you, if you get hurt you can take some time off but then the storyline kind of keeps moving unless you're a main guy it's 12 12 months a year there, you don't have a union so you're not really protected so if you're out too long unless you're a main guy you might be forgotten about and he's like, you got to wrestle hurt. You gotta, you gotta do all this stuff year round. You never get an off season, never get a break, you never get any of this stuff. He's like, it, it might not be, it may be a little more scripted, but it's it's a little bit tougher. They they both said. What about from the the ego side of it, where like you've accomplished so much in the NFL, and then you'd be kind of starting a little bit from the bottom, at, you know, if you had to do something like tough enough, and you'd have to kind of pay your dues again. And I would imagine a guy in your thirties that's 
made millions of dollars as a professional athlete, um, you know, who knows, owns six yachts, something like that. I would imagine it's not the easiest thing in the world to do to then be like, yeah, I can kiss the ass of Fondango when he walks by. <laughs> Uh, I don't know that I would be fondongoing or kissing any derrieres. Um, I do know what it's like to walk in the door, be the new guy, and have to earn your way up and things of that nature. And I've done that before. I did it. I had to do it in high school. You know, I was the quarterback. You know, this, this young punk wants to come in and start over the senior. I had to do it in college. I had to do it in the NFL. Uh, one more time, not a big deal, not something I'd be excited about. Um, I don't know, the backstage politics was something I heard a lot about from Roman Reigns and Goldberg especially. Uh, Goldberg has a lot of uh, things that he wasn't thrilled about to happen during his career. So that plays into this decision-making a little bit. Like in football, as a general rule, um, if you're better, you're going to play. As a general rule, not always. You know, in, in the WWE, there's a little bit of derriere kissing that goes on, and I'm not too good at that, and I'm kind of proud that I'm not good at that, so I don't know how that would work. But that does play into it as well. What What? If if you did step in the ring, what do you foresee your style being, or what do you foresee your character being like? I I would I would not do good with um, like a ZZ. Uh, I love watching him; he's my favorite guy to watch. I hope mm -hmm. he does not win because he's not the best guy. But I wouldn't <laughs> be good with trying to be the comic relief or something like that. Uh, I'm kind of an old-school, blue-collar, in-your-face, smash-mouth type of guy, and that's kind of how I would be. I don't know, a little bit of the anti-hero hero or just maybe a heel flat out because that just kind of suits me a little bit more. Um, I have no problem talking. Um, I like to think I'm fairly athletic and things of that nature, uh, but I'd kind of be like that old-school, blue-collar, in-your-face, smash-mouth type of guy um, that can also verbally dissect you as well. So what you're saying is you're Vince McMahon's wet dream, then, if you're a blue-collar, <laughs> smash-mouth guy who can talk. <laughs> well, I, I, that's what I like to think. You know, you never what, know what happens till you get there, but yeah. I was just imagining if you got, like, the Funkasaurus character, uh, what the folks in Hastings, Nebraska would think <laughs> about that. I would just imagine that, like... Maybe not a town that's that's thinking along the lines of you. That, that not too many over the top characters. Yeah, see, I wouldn't I wouldn't do well with that. And I'm the type <laughs> of guy that I'd be like, no, I'm going to leave, and they'd probably say, fine, leave, and they'd be very short lived. So, you know, I, I have to be one of those more serious characters and things of that nature. Oh man, this has been uh, Adam Carricker, former NFL defensive end, and a guy that uh, turned down the opportunity to do tough enough this season. Uh, just another minute or two with him here on Jobbing Out. Um, Adam, are you, are you still like in tune? Do you watch every Monday night? Are you, are you the guy that's like, dude, I just can't get it out of me. This is what I, this is what I'm into and this is what I do. Yeah, I watch it every week. The only raw I've missed in the past six months was last, last Monday because I had to go help my wife in the hospital, but it's on the DVR. I just haven't watched it yet. Yeah, you didn't. Um, you didn't yeah, miss I watch time. it every week and I usually catch about every other TNA. I can stomach some of that. I can't stomach all of it. Though. Do you watch Ring of Honor at all or any of those other uh, companies? I just discovered it. it's on right before and after TNA, yeah, so yep. I have not watched it yet. I just realized that, though. It's really I good. TVR all these shows, and even though my wife watches Tough Enough and Total Divas, she actually does not like the wrestling shows themselves, do, so I have to watch them when she's not around. Mm. So do I you, TVR at all. Okay, do you watch Total Divas with your wife? I do. Yeah. You know what's funny? She hates when I watch Divas when they're on Raw, but I can watch Total Divas with her. <laughs> it's really that funny. doesn't make any sense. I, she lets me do it, so I haven't brought it up. I have this weird thing with my wife where she will watch Raw, but if I watch Total Divas, she actually hates it. Like, she, you know, she turns into, like, 
oh, these girls are so stupid. I hate them. You know, like she becomes catty. Like she becomes a diva. If I start sit down and watch the show, and I don't particularly care for it, just watch it because we do a podcast about wrestling. Um, all right, I'm lying. I, I watch the show because I love it. Um, but it's real weird how my wife suddenly. I don't know how your wife handles it, but my wife becomes much like uh, Eva Marie or, or Paige or one of these gals. Yeah, you know, like I said, it doesn't make any sense to me if the divas, if she sees me watching Raw and the divas are on the divas are on the TV, I got to fast forward through it or she'll get mad. <laughs> but we can sit down and watch Total Divas together. That's so like funny. I said, I'm not going to bring it up. You know, that is so funny, man. Adam Carricker, uh, what a great dude. Adam, I know you're on Twitter. It's at uh, Adam Carricker ninety four, correct? Yes. Is what else? Is there anything else we can plug for you? You got any other social media, Instagram, anything like that? I do have Instagram. I did not create it. I did not want it. I do not check it. Uh, you can follow me if you'd like, but you're not going to get any updates. Uh, it was created by my marketing guy. Uh, I have Facebook. I have a Facebook fan page and my Twitter that I check. That's cool, man. Is there anything else we can plug for you, website, anything along those lines? Um, nothing at this moment. Uh, we're working on getting a, a foundation and charity going. Cool. Uh, that, that marketing guy that I just spoke of kind of left me hanging. Uh, so I'm trying to restart it on my own, but but nothing else yet. Can we plug that if you're if you're looking if, if anybody does marketing, maybe Adam Character is <laughs> in the market for a marketing guy. So maybe reach out to him that way to let him know about your services. Um, that sounds great. I need a guy who's not full of crap. That'd be great. <laughs> hey Adam, this is really great, man. Can we do this again? Anytime. I really appreciate. It. Thanks for taking a couple minutes. All right. All right. Thanks for having me. What a great dude, man. That guy is awesome. That, dude, that takes balls. You got that opportunity. And it's one thing for him to say, hey, look, they said it would always be there, but right. you don't know that. Yeah, I mean, and he's the thing is, though, he, he has a few years. He's 31, so he's yeah. the same age as Moose. When I, I was, huh, when, huh. When, when I was trying to prompt a degree of honor, I was going thinking about getting into the Moose got thing. You. But, you know, obviously he said I he didn't I thought Moose really, was younger. I didn't realize no, he was. Mo- wow. Moose is actually a month older than uh, Carriker is. Holy crap. But, um, you know, he's he's still trying. I know that the couple teams worked him out in the spring, so I assume that if it's a situation where he goes in off season, I bet you will hear about him at least being in the performance center sometime that's in the really, or something. That's really wild, man. Adam Carriker, great dude. All right, uh, it's all brought to you by WrestleCrate. This is Jobbing Out. Segment number three. Uh, one of my favorites. I love this. He just played his character so freaking well. Uh, Matt Stryker, formerly of the WWE, and now tell me about what he's doing. Now uh, now he's, of course, in Lucha Underground. Right. Uh, Ultima Lucha going on right now. But more importantly, he's part of AAA's uh, Triple Mania broadcast, which will be the first AAA event on American pay-per-view cool. since 1994 when Worlds Collide. Love it, man. Matt Stryker will join us in segment number three. This is Jobbing Out. Need to get some cash? No problem. Head to Royal Farms, step up to the ATM, and... Get your cash for nothing, cause there is no fee. Yep, that's the way we do it at Royal Farms. Some retailers charge to use their ATMs. We don't. Our ATMs are surcharge free, so you can always get... Cash for nothing, cause there is no fee. At all Royal Farms ATMs. Individual cardholder fees may still apply. Give your child the ultimate baseball camp experience this summer. At each week-long Ripken Experience Camp, players live and breathe baseball at the nation's finest youth complex. During each week-long camp, Ripken Baseball's elite coaches work alongside former major leaguers to provide an innovative instructional experience. And every camper gets decked out in the latest high-performance gear from Under Armour. Elevate your child's on-field potential with an unforgettable week at the Ripken Experience Aberdeen. 
powered by Under Armour. Register now at ripkinbaseball.com slash camps. Don't be the guy that has to call your mother-in-law like I've had to in the past and beg for a ride when something's wrong with your vehicle. Take it to First Choice Automotive in Joppa. 410-676-5552. Dave and Chrissy know your car is your life. Free loaner cars with major repairs. Free towing to and from at First Choice Automotive. 410-676-5552 on the web. FCAutomotive.com. Get more than the score on a 50-word blog. Go to PressBoxOnline.com for the complete story on your favorite Baltimore and D.C. sports. High school to pros. My dad calls it snuff. Uncle Jimmy, well, he calls it chew. Most all the guys in my family use it, and I never thought much of it until one of them turned up with cancer. Doctor said he can get rid of it, but not without taking part of his jaw. So I really don't care what they call it. No way is it worth winding up with a hole in my face. Tobacco stops with me. Ready to quit? Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. Wrestling fans, it's time for WrestleCrate. WrestleCrate is a pro-wrestling-themed mystery package that appears in your mailbox every month with action figures, pop vinyls, DVDs, wrestling books, fat heads, and much, much more. Plans start at only $15 a month, and every crate contains a T-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com or BarbershopWindow.com. Those T-shirts are $19.99 by themselves. Check them out at WrestleCrate.com and follow them on Twitter, at WrestleCrates, and search WrestleCrate on Facebook. Back in here it is, segment number three, jobbing out Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, and we'll kick off segment number three with one of my all-time favorites. Dude, this guy played his character in a way that few professionals, few performers have. He, He made you hate him so much, and you know I'm into that, Aaron, you know I love a good heel. He's now with uh, Lucha Underground, of course, and big, big deal, Triple A, Triple Mania comes up August 9th. First pay-per-view for Triple A in the U.S. since 1994, and that's really, really cool. He is formerly the WWE, a former Slammy Award winner, in fact. The great Matt Stryker joins us now here on Jobbing Out. Matt, it's Glenn and Aaron. Thanks so much for taking a couple of minutes for us, man. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate that intro. Very, dude, very nice. Dude, I, when when Aaron uh, brought your name up, I was like, he was kind of running it by like, all right, well, I can get Matt Stryker. I'm like, bro, I want to talk to Matt Stryker because <laughs> I am so obsessed with guys that can be... It would be great if you stopped your sentence right there. <laughs> <laughs> just, just yeah, cut, we should isolate that, right? We'll play it back as a clip later. Phrasing. I am, uh, I'm so obsessed with guys that can that, can, that just don't care, that, love, that get an assignment... To be a heel and just say, dude, I'm going to kill it. I don't have to be cool. I don't have to be liked. I can just be a dick and be cool with that. And you did that so freaking well, man. I just, uh, I know it just sounds like I'm sort of kissing your ass here. And that's okay. Maybe we'll just do 20 minutes of me kissing your ass if that's all right. <laughs> no, man, I, I, I appreciate that. But, and, but not to like whatever. But Shawn Michaels told me, he's like, yo, there's a trick to being a good heel. I'm like, what is it, man? Whatever you could possibly tell me right now, please, please. He's like, the guy on the other side of the bar- barrier needs to uh, think and want to kick your ass. And when he gets close enough and when he sees you wrestle, there's a part of him that wonders, maybe he can't. And wow. just that alone is that emotional thing. And I was like, wow. Wow. But psychologically, the fact that you bring it up and that's what sticks 
for you, that's that's tip of the cap, Shawn Michaels, man. Remember you learned that from tip of the cap, tip of the cap, tip of the cap. Man, that's so cool. I mean, that's such a cool way to put it, dude. And you, like, when was the first time in your life that you were assigned the responsibility of being a heel? I. <laughs> In my life, I think I assigned it to myself. I, I think I guess there was a part. I mean, I was always a. Uh, this becomes a psychology session now. I was always a misbehaving kid, so there was always a going against the grain there. Always being anti or antagonistic. So I guess feelisms were in me early to get attention or just to be different. <laughs> so you're saying this wasn't even remotely a character. This was just you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone says that the best characters are the ones that are in you, like, you know, turned all the way up and stuff. So I guess the things that you hated must live organically in the vehicle that's performing them, I, I'd imagine. Wow. Well, wow. from the moment you stepped foot in the WWE and, and stepped foot in this business, you got a lot of attention because your story was that you were you were cutting class to uh, go do wrestling, right? And that, that got a yeah. lot of mainstream play. What you say? I said, and then that, that got, I feel like that got a lot of mainstream attention. That you were this this guy who's cutting school to go live your wrestling dream. Well, listen, always I'll always say it, and I guess it's it self-deprecating humor, but I think it was a slow news week because <laughs> it was on the cover of every newspaper. It was on CNN. I mean, you know, like take a step back and ISIS and Donald Trump or on CNN. It was on CNN. So for that week or 10 days, I really think the blind win, alien, God, follow what you will. I'm a guy of faith, so I believe that was supposed to happen somehow. So stardust sprinkled on the world, and that was it. What were you, what did you teach when you were a high school teacher? Social studies. Social studies. Could you still walk into a school today and like seamlessly go right back into the role of a social studies teacher? Yeah, I mean, I'd like to think so. Yeah, sure. I mean, give me the textbook. What are we talking about? What age of the kids? Three, two, one, go. I would it's feel like I would feel like it would be tough for a natural heel to be a social studies teacher, though. Like, I feel like the the part where you have to really be like encouraging when you've got heel in your blood that might be difficult. Heel in your blood could mean so many things, by the way. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Oh, man. We're going all sorts of phrasing <laughs> tonight. All right. Um, so we uh, we had JR on a couple weeks ago, Jim Ross, who I know you uh, worked with not too long ago. Um, he was talking about – we went and saw his show, and he was talking about how there's a problem in professional wrestling right now where guys are too cool to be a good heel. And I'm wondering if you've seen sort of the same thing and, you know, when that might have started and, and how professional wrestling in general fixes that. Wow, that's a great question. It's deep. Um, I, I think I've had this conversation with other deep wrestling heads, man. Smoky rooms. <laughs> uh, I think it, it's, it's the coolness of the in-betweener, the tweener, the Stone Cold Steve Austin, not your traditional good guy. As that developed throughout, you know, those decades, Heels became cool. Brian Pillman, the cool heel, the rock, the cool heel. So a lot of kids came up seeing that. So I guess as they go through their wrestling schools, no one really says, hey, the heel at some point needs to, you know, show his part in the church show his ass. He needs to get beat. He needs to look bad. And you need to allow yourself to do that as a performer, as an actor. You know, so I think somewhere along that line, the cool heel persona became cool but it's not what a quote-unquote heel or or antagonist is supposed to do the foil is supposed to lose in the story in the book in the movie you know 
JR always says it best. The heels are supposed to cheat. Like, I mean, that's, it's, it's, just, and nobody wants to do that. Nobody would, you know, I, I, I can't win that way. I have to win clean. Like, no, that's it, bullshit. Like, you have to do those types of things to get me to hate you. Well, I mean, listen, everybody has their opinions on, on things, and some guys just go out and do things, and not a lot of the stuff is planned, you know, and if you know what you're doing out there, you can, you can make it all right. If you don't, then you're just out there pretending, and eventually people will see through you. But if you're good, you'll live forever, man. So that's that. I think all the guys will always remember, man. Think of the Brad Armstrong for life. Yeah. We'll remember them forever because they were good. Their talent will cream will always rise to the top, man, always. We've talked a lot about you as a wrestler and as a manager where you had that great heel persona. Then you were asked to tr- to uh, move behind the booth to the other side. How difficult was that transition for you? Um, I don't know it was difficult. It was just different. Um, I had kind of always been doing some kind of inner monologue or commentary in my life since I'm a kid, playing with G.I. Joe figures, talking into a tape recorder. So my internal monologue that's always going, it was just a question of put volume into it and talk about wrestling. So came kind of easy. There were parameters and structures that I had to learn, but the overall flow came easily to me. Thank God. Dude, I, it's it's the type of thing where I feel like um, it's almost stunning that there, there are more guys that aren't able to make that uh, transition. That when you see someone put over just to even do like guest analysis, uh, and they're so uncomfortable with it, I would think that in order to be able to perform in front of the amount of people that you guys perform in front of, you got to be able to put a headset on and like hold your own, at least be competent when you're sitting behind a desk, right? I'll I'll give you another ism, a wisdom. It was Johnny Rod who said, and he, he's got a terrible accent. I won't do it, but in a nutshell, it was you got to be a little abnormal. You got to be a little weird and different to truly make it. The reason that maybe some of these guys that you pick up are a little awkward there is because. They didn't spend all their formative years, Fridays and Saturday nights, at home playing with action figures alone <laughs> like I did. We laugh about it, but if you look at it, there's a there's a, a, a break in the growth uh, as, as a child from 10 to 18. Those are formative social years. Some people spend them doing normal things. Others did wrestling commentary and just happened to continue to do that further on into their life. I guess that's... Make sense? Yeah. <laughs> Was there anybody that you thought, okay, I want to be the next this guy, or were you just one, I want to do my own voice, do my thing? No, I, I, I still have the tape. My mom has them. I've listened to them. I imitated a lot of Lance Russell, Gordon Soley, Ken Resnick, and Gorilla Monsoon. Yeah. I guess those were the guys that I was watching at the time. That's pretty good. That's a pretty freaking good group, by the way. God damn, that's a pretty good group. He's Matt Stryker. Again, a Triple Mania. This is Triple Mania 23, by the way. August 9th in Mexico City. First American pay-per-view for Triple A since 1994. Um, I, I'm assuming there's going to be more than one holy shit moment at uh, Triple, M, or Triple Mania, correct? Yeah. I mean, just there's so much... In wrestling these days, there's not a lot of look forward to anymore. We've kind of seen it all kind of thing, but when things like this come along, it is something to look forward to because people use the word, oh, it's different. It's, it really is different. And when you look at the matches, for instance, uh, Rey Mysterio and Mr. Steve, the 
you have to believe that those two guys who are heroes in Mexico and Rey Mysterio is a hero all around the world, you have to believe they're going to take some chances. There's pride there. They're going to go at the things that they're going to do. Yes, use your turn. Holy shit, 100% they're going to that. <laughs> I mean, you are exposed to a lot of this on Lucha Underground, which has become the buzz of the wrestling world over the past nine months or so. But even you, every time a move hits, it seems like you are genuinely excited every time you see something new. And it's amazing how many times you do see something new on Lucha Underground. Well, I also, you know, I said, I'm, I'm seven feet away. So I can see that the guy flipping over me. And a lot of things, again, I think this is an abnormality in my brain. Things go in slow motion for me a lot of times, always has in sports and wrestling and when I'm taking a move. I go into like a slow motion thing. So I see Phoenix in slow motion flying over my head. Maybe I smoked too much in college and I have no idea. <laughs> but those moments like make me jump. Yeah. I mean, because, it, it, look, they're always doing something. It's, it seems like that's the purpose, as you just mentioned, that, like, I want you to react in that holy shit type of way. I want it to be the type of thing that you've never seen before. Um, you, you know, doing this now with uh, Lucha Underground and knowing how much wrestling is on TV for the average wrestling fan in 2015, there have been people, you know, the the, the, peop- the creeps on the Internet are like, oh, it's going to dilute the product. How good do you feel it is for everyone involved for there to be this much competition right now and this many options for a wrestling fan to become exposed to the product? You know, it's if you go back to the territory days that everyone talks about, it was different styles. The AWA style was much different than the Memphis style. What they did out in world class necessarily wasn't really what they did over in New York. It's the same thing now. You know, the one thing about Lucha Libre, the one thing about Triple Mania and Triple A and Lucha Underground is you can't get that style authentically done unless you go to Triple A and and Lucha Underground. And and the other shows that are on, the NXT and Ring of Honor and TNA, you get bits and pieces of styles, but each of those shows, to their credit, has their own feel and own style. So it's kind of cool, and I'm... I don't know. I, just, I, I like it. I like what... It's not competition, per se. It's, ooh, there's a lot of flavors of ice cream. What do I have to move for right now? I've been asking this to everyone who's worked in Lucha Underground that I've been able to talk to, and it's simply, what's it like to to work in a world that you guys have created where... You have a wrestler literally turning into a dragon, where you have <laughs> Pentagon Jr. saying he's going to sacrifice people to his uh, master. What's it like to work in this crazy world you guys have in the temple? Well, it depends on, if again, what you grew up on. I grew up on comic books. I, I read a lot of comic books, so I can lose myself in that stuff. But to others, you know, I guess it's you know just another day at the office, but the environment is indicative of the storyline. The environment is very fresh and open to creativity and, and language. You know, it's interesting. This this Spanish and English marriage is is something that it's I don't know, it almost forces you to be creative. It forces you to see things differently. That's a good point. That you know, you you have to go there, right? To really be able to appreciate. You have to sort of let loose on if, if you're just a guy that watches Raw on Monday nights, and you're not going to be able to appreciate it the same way. That's not to say that you don't appreciate what you see on Monday nights, but if you choose to, you know, go outside, poke your head around, and find something new, 
and you happen to stumble upon Lucha Libre, well, dude, holy shit, you're in the right place. <laughs> What's it like to work with uh, Vampiro? Vampiro. You know, I can't say his name fully either. Uh, he's, he's insane. He's certifiably insane. But um, there's something about energy that goes beyond the human realm. There's some weird cosmic connection between him and I. I think we know each other somewhere from distant planets. Cause we get along well. We kind of know each other. They're thinking and have very similar personalities. And it's just it, it, it's nice. It works well. I'm going to I'm going to do the thing that uh, you're probably going to roll your eyes at as I start doing it but we have to do because that's the business that we're in. Um the whole industry has just been rocked by what's happened the last week with Hulk Hogan and as somebody who loves the industry does it does it hurt you to see what's happened the last week or can you just say dude, you know, that's that's that guy's life. I don't I don't give a crap about that and just deal with your own stuff. I I don't I don't know. somewhere in between those two Choices of the spectrum that you gave me, there is the, you know, I still don't know 100% the whole story. Yeah. Not because I'm, I'm, I haven't read it. I don't want to know. I don't know what he said. I don't want to know what happened. I don't want to read the headline. Oh, Mike Johnson wrote a thing. I don't want to know. You know, when I first started, uh, the Samoans, Afa and Samu, again, here's more life lessons, man. He said to me, even if you know, you don't know. The less <laughs> you know about all the gossip and the nonsense, the better. And I live by that because I don't want to know nothing. And if something goes down, you can't look at me because you know what? I didn't know. <laughs> so that's how I like to live my life when it comes to stuff like that. I, I hear you, man. Um, I saw on your Twitter you worked with uh, Colt Cabana recently, one of the uh, biggest folk heroes in the entire indie circuit. What was it like getting that opportunity? You know, Colt and I have known each other for. I don't think, you know, probably 15 years. Uh, there is more to it for me. I look at it from a business standpoint and what Colt Cabana has been able to do. When someone can come in and, what I say, revolutionize, change an industry, any industry, I don't care the sneaker industry, the tennis ball industry, if you can come in and change an existing model, then, then I'm impressed. And, like, that's what Tommy Dreamer and Paul Heyman did with ECW. They changed the model. Colt has done that in independent wrestling, so I'm fascinated by that. On top of that, he's super fun and super smart and just, just a good person to go out and, and perform with on some mistakes. That's cool, man. That's really, really cool. So I, I got some questions for you about uh, Triple Mania coming up. And one of the things, yeah. it has been 21 years since AAA has put on a show in America. The last one was uh, When Worlds Collide, which was... You know, everyone was shocked by it. Everyone was awed. It was amazing. It was going to revel, you know, be the the step into America. Why has it taken 21 years for AAA to get back on American television? It's a, it's a fantastic question, and I think really in the end it comes down to the sounds that come out of your television. I watch Lucha Libre in Spanish a lot, and I know a lot of people do, but it's not the same. So I think that when they, they finally found a way to get the medium out there fully, not small, not this thing I pay per view and this that, but that's small. To get it on major pay per view, U.S., Canada, with an English speaking voice, I, I think having it all come together, that was really the main, you know, deterrent, so to speak. Do, do you remember? Do, did you watch uh, When Worlds Collide when it was out at the Of course, 100%. Did I had tapes up the ass? You have no idea. I probably still have. <laughs> So, uh, 
you know, it's a lot of people have tried to compare you to a young Mike Tanay. They, you know, they've said you're wow. you're in that same style, the the professor, the knowing all of the moves type. Do, could yeah. you uh, can you picture yourself doing what uh, he did for When Worlds Collide? Well, you know, I was thinking about it the other day, dude. I haven't had a chance. I might have met a couple of times, but that's a huge compliment to me. That is, if someone else once said to me, uh, I remind them of Bobby Heaney, which I also really like, blushed at. But Mike Denae was definitely an influence. So, yeah, 100%. If I could have any kind of likening to that performance, that would be my job. I think the idea is I know that the lucha, the lucha libre can stand on its own. The colors, the moves, all that can stand on its own. It's just to bring that, that English speaking sound to it, just to make it comfortable for the new consumer's ear. Once that happens, I really think Lucha Libre is going to be a mainstay in pop culture. And that's what it's really all about in the end of things. And, and I got to ask Lucha Underground season two, is it happening? What, what are we going to find out? Obviously, we're in the middle of Ultima Lucha right now, and everyone's buzzing about it. Are we going to get a season two? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give you the baseball manager thing right now. My next game is, is uh, Ultima Lucha August 5th, and my next game after that is Triple Mania on August 9th, and, and that's where this team's focus is right now, from, from my <laughs> mind. You're hired, by the way. You get the baseball manager's job. <laughs> I'm uh, a short Bruce Bochy. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I bet you don't drink the way that Bruce Bochy drinks. That guy... I, I can tell you, I having had to cover him, you're not allowed in his uh, office unless you've got a beer in your hand, which is my kind of guy, for the record. I don't know. Him and Vampire were throwing down Miller Lights on uh, Lucha Underground All last right, night. Maybe you can drink with Bruce Bochy then. <laughs> hey, listen, if I can sit and listen to stories, I like that stuff. That's why, I mean, not to, to bring it back around, but like, there's, I love wrestling stories. I love sitting around with guys and hearing stories. They're going out in Mexico and it's like a guy like Conan and hear those great stories or like Blue Demon. It's 30 years. Like people don't think about it. That guy's been doing it for 30 years. That's wild. And at Triple Mania, he gets to wrestle like La Parca and Ray and Mr. Keys. And it's just that kind of stuff I like. I like those legends. You get Bruce Boats, you put your feet up, have a beer, sit down, have a cerveza, hear, hear our story too. It's kind of cool. That's awesome. I don't find I'm shilling, but I'm excited. No, that's awesome. Triple Mania, August 9th, the, as uh, Aaron was talking about, the first Triple A pay-per-view in the U.S. in 21 years. And it's a damn good card. Even if you're just a casual wrestling fan, you're going to recognize a lot of the guys, especially at the top of the card, who have accomplished a lot of things here in this country. And for those that are into uh, Lucha Libre, you're going to recognize all of it. It's going to be a kick-ass, amazing night. Matt, uh, I know, I see you're on Twitter. It's Matt underscore Striker underscore, correct? Yeah, I like the underscores because they kind of like boopy. <laughs> <laughs> Is there and a... all credibility gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we had any to begin with. Um, sure. you, uh, is there anything else we can plug for you? I don't know, man. Listen, just uh, Triple Mania, uh, Ultima Lucha, and for whatever it's worth, I mean, everyone's out there with social media selling all this stuff and plugging all that stuff. There's a lot of good charities out there, man. Autism Speaks, Special Olympics, Animal Rescue. Kind of try to tell people to go out and maybe help a person or a dog or something. I don't know. That's cool, man. That's that's cool. <laughs> I love that. Dude, this has been great. Uh, like I said at the top, such a fan. Um, awesome to get an opportunity to chat with you. Continue to do a great job with the, uh, everything you're doing right now, and I hope that we can do this again down the road. I appreciate it, man. Thanks. Man, that was awesome. I'm a fan. Love me some Matt Stryker. Really appreciate him hopping on with us today. Dude, I just love that guy. It, it, it's it's so funny. I 
when I was taking these names, I thought, okay, I'd, I'd love to talk to Matt Stryker because I know he'd tell some great stories. Yeah. I, I love his work on Lucha Underground. I don't know about Glenn. I don't, you know, he might yeah. like him no, because no, no. he was in WWE. And you were just all freaking out. Uh, over no. it. I love a good, I, like, I uh, uh, love William Regal. I love really good heels. Like, really good guys that didn't give an S. Um, one of my favorite moments ever on television involved William Regal, and it was actually, I was there in Baltimore. He uh, came out, remember he would do readings when he first came up, uh, when he first moved over from uh, WCW. He would come out and like read a, a chapter of poetry or something like that. And at one point, I swear to God, it was, it's, there's such a new one. This is like the R-Truth moment from a couple weeks ago. At one point, William Regal is doing his reading, and Austin comes out and just, obliterates him right there on the stage just kicks his ass he picks up a microphone he says i think you talk funny <laughs> and he just walks away and there was no feud between the two of them there was nothing that came from there it was just this awesome moment on television um and it was perfect because william regal was a, a heel you just hated him and i love it that's why i love the bad news barrett character of course the problem is we all love the bad news barrett character that's the problem so then you couldn't continue having him be a heel because we all fell in love with bad news barrett um, but I love the notion of you just don't care. You just don't. You are happy to be a heel, and Matt Stryker was it's, a damn good it, heel. That's one of the reasons I like Seth Rollins so much. I think Seth. He's Rollins, a very good heel. He, There's no he, question. He legitimately, he's not. Yep, he, doesn't care. He is no, happy to to be that guy. I, I, and I I love one of the things that and it was accentuated uh, this week. You know that that Phoenix splash. He's teased it a lot. He's never hit that thing because once he hmm. hits it, the crowd is going to go nuts. Yeah, you're right. And he knows that. Yeah. He wants to tease you with it. So you think it's going to come at SummerSlam? I think whenever he make uh, no 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 why not? Because uh, I, I don't think he's going to face at SummerSlam. I think I think I think. When oh, he hits you think? It, oh, I think got that'll you. be. Got I think you. that'll be his new finisher okay. when he's a face. Okay, I got you. I hear yeah. what you're saying. All right, let's get into the uh, quick count for this week. The quick count is brought to you by WrestleCrate. Aaron, you are uh, a client or whatever subscriber. subscriber. That's what we came up with for uh, WrestleCrate. Um, you uh, you always get so giddy whenever I, I, you get around the time of the month that you know that you're getting your I your got wrestle him a crate. Few days ago, oh, it came. What was oh, in this came. month's wrestle crate? Uh, uh, another beautiful shirt from them. I got a Ring of Honor DVD. I got what was the shirt? What's the shirt? Oh, you son of a bitch! Really? I, uh, I'm trying to get you to lovingly know, talk about your wrestle crate, and you I don't know. remember what the shirt was. I, I, to, to be fair, and and while I love wrestle crates, I got another piece of wrestling merchandise I, this week that completely Jesus Christ. Well, it, it's something I've been trying to track down for three All right, years. Fine, now. But they don't. They're not a sponsor, so we got to talk <laughs> about wrestle crate, <clears throat> which is why. Uh, I was going to the other cool stuff that <laughs> wrestle crates has. That. Uh, <laughs> I hate you. You're an asshole. I mean, this is not on me that you don't remember what the shirt was that it you got does. in your wrestle crate. You, you gotta prompt has me with nothing these to do things. With me. No, if you got your wrestle crate, you should remember what the shirt was. You're an asshole. Well, you could just make something up I, too. I should make something up, yeah. but you put. Me I got on an this amazing spot. William what? Regal T-shirt. <laughs> it's actually a Steve Regal shirt. That's remarkable. I didn't know they Steven had this. Steven Regal shirt would yeah. be pretty phenomenal. I'm not gonna lie. Oh God. Um. But anyways, the other stuff that I got oh, that was there so was other awesome. other stuff, was there? Yes, such as the, I got the Elite Action Figure. They talked about the Elite oh, Invasion right, the all invasion. this time. I got the Elite Action Figure. It was a Randy Orton. But ah. the thing that I loved about the Randy Orton, the because everything comes with a little side thing. Like, I got a Cesaro from a Russell Crate, and it came with the Andre the Giant uh, Memorial Battle Royal Trophy. I got a Hulk Hogan. It came with a Boa and stuff. Randy Orton? Came with an evolution T-shirt. Oh, that's awesome! It was the greatest that's side awesome. thing 
ever. Yeah, man, it that's was cool. Fantastic. I got a rhino signed picture, a little illustration of Kevin Owens. It was a very cool box. That's very cool. Well, you can get your own WrestleCrate by going to WrestleCrate.com. Uh, packages start at just $15 a month, but if you use our code JOSENTME, you get 10% off. So that's an awesome deal. It could be just uh, $13.50 a month. Uh, that's where they start, and you can you know up your package for a little bit more. It's tremendous. I keep talking about um, wrestling fans who are going away to college. If you or someone you know is the parent of a wrestling fan, and you've been thinking, look, every, parents do this where they send like care packages to college, right? Like, here's some oatmeal cookies, and here's some... I know you're probably running out of mac and cheese in the dorm room, so here's some mac and cheese and whatever else they put in the care package. Um, I'm telling you, this would be the perfect gift for a wrestling fan that's going away to college. That if you just signed them up for a wrestle crate and they knew they were getting wrestling goodies delivered to their dorm room every month, it would be just the coolest thing ever. WrestleCrate.com, and again, don't forget the code, J-O sent me, you get that 10% off discount. And I did just remember what I got in the t-shirt. I did just remember, and it was awesome. It was a uh, Jushin Thunder Liger t-shirt, and it was pretty awesome. Okay, that's pretty neat. And and, and I apologize that it slipped my mind for a second. I just... Blame Aaron. What a a jerk. You know, I'm so rich, I've bought all of this memorabilia, (laughs) and it's all come in at the same time, and it all blurs together. All right. All right, quick count. Number one, Aaron's opportunity to step away from the uh, world of uh, WWE. He uh, shares a non-WWE story with us, and we sit back and listen to Aaron. It's like uh, listening to your grandfather tell a story. Go ahead. Well, you know, Sonny, and uh, no, but uh, th- this weekend, Ring of Honor came oh, yeah. through Baltimore, yeah. and uh, Glenn didn't go. I had because, to work. No, because you just, just suck at No, life. shut up. And, I've gone to you know, Ring of Honor with you. I understand you have, and I'm just saying you missed out because you're an idiot. No, because I have to work. Get out of work. What a dick. Calling me out for working. That's right. You missed I've something. got a kid. You missed something that I'm sure you have never seen live before. What's that? You missed the main event of Death Before Dishonor 13, which was Jay Lethal versus Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong, of course, we yes. had on the show last week. That match ended in a 60-minute time limit draw. They went Broadway. Oh, wow. In the main event of Death Before Dishonor. It was the first time I had ever seen it lot, something like that live. Obviously, there is a long tradition. Some of the biggest matches in Ring of Honor history have gone Broadway, have gone to that 60-minute cool. time limit. Uh, you remember Joe vs. Punk did it. Uh, a lot of Joe matches did. But uh, this is the first time I saw it live. Um, some people said it, it was actually kind of a polarizing match. Some people didn't like it, thought that there was a few too many stalling sets, which, of course, there have to be in a 60-minute match. Uh, some people were thinking, oh, my God, match of the year. And it was a great match. And uh, so that was something I had never seen before live. It was great. Uh, there was all sorts of awesome things over the weekend. I won't spoil any of the TV tapings aspect, but the Young Bucks were there. Uh, Rapongi Vice were there, which is a uh, great team. Uh, Trent Barretta and Rocky Romero, they were there both nights. They faced the Briscoes at Death Before Dishonored. They faced the Young Bucks the next day. They were uh, setting up a lot of their big feuds going towards the future. And it was honestly one of the better weekends of wrestling nice. that I've experienced. It was, it was great. If you... Um, I mean, A, I'd say go up to Philly in a few weeks when they're they're doing their next set of tapings. Right. But definitely when it comes back through Baltimore again, uh, if you're in the Baltimore area, wherever you are, go support Ring of Honor. They're they're facing some issues with WWE right now, really crawling up their ass right. everywhere they're going. So um, go support them because they're putting on an awesome product. 
and you are going to really love the next four weeks of Ring of Honor television. Right, which you were taped you on uh, Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I promise you that right now. You are going to love those four weeks. And uh, Dalton Castle is the greatest thing in wrestling right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I, I, mean, I have nothing to add, unfortunately, because I, I was not there. And um, I'm sorry about that. And I hope to be able to get to uh, Ring of Honor in the future. Everybody that was there was going on about how tremendous this weekend was. Um and they treated us really I also gotta say Ring of Honor treated me really really well yeah. I, was, I got to talk to all the wrestlers and we're gonna have some of the other I... guys on in the next oh, yeah. couple of weeks Ex- exactly very we cool. are going to have I, I, there's something that I wanted to talk about but I think I realized it was a spoiler so we will not do that and instead we will move on to number two uh, number two this week is the retirement of a performer that a lot of people's response will be ah, okay. but uh, Aaron Oster says no this was the most significant performer of a generation. I'm starting to do Trump. Of a generation. Yeah, what, what, what was It was the- luxurious and amazing. No. Um, the retirement of one Layla L. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say she was the most significant, but I, I hope think- that you will. I mean, I could make that case. I no, really could. No, you can't. Re- Lay cool. You're an asshole. Lay cool was the greatest. Pairing Nerds love Lay Cool. Lay it's the cool weirdest was thing. Great. Nerds love Lay it. Cool was fantastic, and uh, in large part because of Lay. Everything she did was great. Layla was she was the always you could put her in just about everything. Towards the end of her run, they tried to put her in some random things, and because she had been injured, because she was gone for like two years, and then they yeah. tried to randomly put her. It didn't quite work. But for the most part, anything they put her in, she was good at it. She was, you know, she's not nothing. You're not going to be talking about Layla 50 years from now as, as you know, changing the landscape of the Divas. But for the time she was in, for a time when the Divas were massively de-pushed, when a time where they were almost irrelevant, she was one of the bright spots of it. She was always good from your extreme expose, from the rims of, from Lay Cool, in some of her singles runs. She was very good. She was very competent. She was a competent wrestler. She was pretty good on the mic uh she just her personality was very good and i think that the wwe even though we haven't seen her in a while due to injuries what was the last thing we saw her do was it when she was hanging out she had a brief run with fandango too right like they gave her yeah her and summer ray yeah that was really bad well that was just because that that was there a thing where they were trying to do like a romance between the two of them yeah well it's uh, Vandango dumped Summer Rae for Layla. But I'm Layla. saying between and, Layla and well, Summer, yeah, wasn't and then, there like a thing where they were trying I, to... I don't know if it was a romance or a BFF. Like, I think they were trying to do the yeah. new the new Lay Cool with okay. the two of them, and they were just doing that. But you know what? As, as dumb as... She was fine. She was good in it. It's just that the whole storyline was just completely horrendous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, and I, I do. I think the WWE is worse without her. So, okay. you know, thank you for the memories, Layla. All right. Very <laughs> good. And our uh, third story this week uh, is one that Aaron's going to expand on. I wanted to talk about this um, this thing that apparently has been floated out in surveys to WWE fans about the possibility of folks that are not subscribers to the network maybe being interested or being asked if they would be interested in a subscription service. And not a subscription service, but an a la carte option where instead of purchasing the network for $10 a month, they could simply purchase pay-per-views for $5 a month. So someone who doesn't want all of the other stuff 
that comes to the WWE Network that only got signed up for it because, mm-hmm. you know, hey, look, look how much cheaper pay-per-views are right. now, um, where they would still be interested in getting the pay-per-views and paying $5 a month for them. Um, this is really interesting to me uh, for a couple of reasons. One, because I think it runs the risk of further bastardizing your pay-per-views. Um, I, look, we all are in agreement there were too many pay-per-views and you don't really care about a lot of them. There's a lot of them in the course of a year. How many of the pay-per-views in the course of a year do you really find yourself caring about? Mania, SummerSlam, Rumble, maybe Survivor Series. Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank, yes, has been one of the yeah, better and, ones. And usually there's a couple in there that, because there, there's a compelling Something feud. has been going on. or So, you, so half, half to generously two-thirds. A few of them really do feel any more like they are just... Yeah, they're just there. It's raw. You know, like you're watching Raw on a Sunday night and it's just a, something to pass you over until you get to the next thing that matters. So I was always supportive of the idea that you could not continue to try to ask people to pay $50 a month for some of these garbage pay-per-views that you're putting on. However, what we've seen, unsurprisingly, is that when you stop charging people $50 a month for pay-per-views, you don't necessarily get $50 a month quality for these events. I don't think it's that big of a deal that they've stopped doing sets for pay-per-views. You know what I mean? Like, it would probably was a waste of money. Yeah. But there are times where you're kind of like, you know what? You wish there were a few. Not necessarily all right. of them, but the, you wish... Like, that not everything looked the exact same. That... There was something nice once upon a time about Raw looking different than SmackDown. And I mean different than just the colors. The colors have always been different. But, like, there being the fist or whatever on SmackDown, it just it looked like a different show. It looked like something else was happening. Um, now it just looks like blue raw, you mm-hmm. know, like, and it's not as good. Um, I, I feel that way about pay-per-views, that, that every now and then it's nice to see something different than just different colors. And that's one of the things that's gone away in this era of pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. Um, they've not found it as important to, like, have finishes. It's not a big deal to them that they sold for a month Battleground with the main event being Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins, and then didn't bother to have a finish yeah. to the match. It it doesn't matter then because pay-per-views kind of don't matter. Right. And be, this, to me, would further kind of water that down. To be fair, on that last point specifically, this isn't a new thing. This isn't even it's a... Been, no, it's I, been worse. It's it been has little, been worse. I'm going through the Attitude Era ones, though, and, you know, 98, there were some non-finishes to those matches in the main events. Okay, there, there were, there were. I, I. This isn't a new thing. Like the actually, I, I almost, I don't have the numbers to back this up at all. I'd almost say there's more non finishes back in the attitude. I dis- I'm going to disagree with that, but I'm again. I also don't have the numbers. We're both making statements that we have no ability to back up whatsoever. I, I, I don't think it's a new thing. Do I think that overall the feeling is is worse? Absolutely. Overall, the feeling that you can just throw things on a card and you can have the same matches over and over again. You can do a match on Raw and then and do, do it, it again, again two weeks yeah. later on a pay per view. I, I I agree that they don't know how to you know or th- not that they don't know is that they don't necessarily care as much about building the pay-per-view as they I'm, I'm 100% but just specifically about the finishes I feel like the non-finish has always been a selling place ever since they switched to the in your I am house not I the- am not convinced that that it, that it is not worse now I just it it all goes together I mean, be- before I think that what you're talking about a lot of times those non-finishes made more sense 
Oh yeah. Um, no, I'm I'm, I'm not. Criticizing now, it, now it's just lazy non-finishes. It's just look the the one at Battleground is not the worst yeah. by any stretch of the imagination because it got you the Undertaker and I get it. People freaked out. Right. They're just lazy non-finishes. Oh yeah, no, you, just, it, like the Hell in a Cell with Bray Wyatt. Yes, no, I just. I, but um, you know, do I think that'll? I, I think the interesting thing here is what crowd are they getting who's not willing to pay ten dollars? It for a seems pay-per-view? more like they're just willingly taking less money. It, it, if they it doesn't go that route. make sense to me, right? Like that—that's the thing. I, I, well, I, if you uh, let me take that back, if you're going to offer them all a la carte for five bucks, if it's not like you know five bucks a month for the year, if you're doing five bucks a month for the year to just get the pay per views, that might get you new people. That say I just don't care about wrestling all that much, so I'm not willing to spend a hundred dollars. I, I, I mean, month. it sounds like they're doing a la carte. If you're just doing it a la carte, I think. I, I mean, th- and that's what it sounds like they're doing is is a la carte. That you know, you can buy. An, it's almost. It sounds like, to me like you're leaving money on the table because yeah. somebody who's willing to pay five dollars for WrestleMania, I feel like would be willing to pay twenty dollars for WrestleMania. Yeah. You um, know, I, it, that's what it feels like to me. Uh, and I mean, the the WrestleMania thing, I I still think that they're stupid for only charging ten dollars. They they should add a fee for WrestleMania. Because I think that everyone with the network would, uh, well, would, would hang pay on, the extra. remind me, you you still only get it for ten dollars a month if you sign up for. Not you. You can buy it for the. month. You can buy one month for ten dollars. Yes. Okay, well, that's different. Yeah. I, I thought you could still have to buy some sort of subscription. No, they they, they ended that probably three okay. months ago or so. Right. But yeah. we, and, and you're probably right. Event. They are leaving money on the table. I, I think it's crazy. Uh, I mean, I get what they're doing. They want to try to rope them, but you're not roping them in here. You're you're getting the one event for right. five dollars. It doesn't make the the whole point of these free months of you know possibly pricing yourself out is that they stay subscribed because they see all of the you know all of the night raws all of the nitros all of the interesting stuff that that's the whole point of having it cheap is that you rope them in and all of a sudden they're a long term subscriber if they can only see the pay per view for five dollars I don't I mean I just can't imagine anyone not paying ten dollars. But being willing to pay five dollars. No, I hear you. Like if you're not paying the ten dollars, it's because you either don't want to support the company financially because you just don't feel like it because, or you know, you just feel like streaming it because you don't think that you should. And five dollars isn't going to change that. No, I hear you. I, yeah. I hear you. And I, I look. This is not a done deal yet. It's just something that's being floated around. And. I'm probably in the same boat. Look, I'm going to tell you the same way. I don't think this would change my mind. I, I like the pay-per-views, but I, I if I don't care enough to spend $10 on them, I don't think I'm going to care enough. To sp- I don't think the problem is, at that point, right. the money. Right. It, it's not the right. money. I think it's more just, I, I have decided have this is not an expense that I need in my life. Right. Exactly. And so, you know, if you charge me one, if it was $1... If it's one, I still have to go get my credit card. I still have to go through the process of doing it. Even if I know it's not really any money, if I've just decided I'm not interested, I'm just not interested. Um, right. It's just not about the money. It's just, you know. I, I feel like you're almost risking losing, you know, losing That's what I said. I think you're leaving, mo- yeah. leaving money on the table in this, in this way. Yeah. I don't, I don't quite understand, but I'm not a businessman. I don't have right. any degree. Yeah, NBA, yeah. yeah. I came up just short. Just you know. short, no doubt. Um. Did yeah. you can we can we just go on to the do you want to really go further into the uh, economic I I mean not not too much further but this will tie into what we're saying here and and that's with this all came out because it was the quarterly re- earnings report and uh the stock rose a lot it says that they still have uh 1.15 million subscribers to the WWE network which was down a bit from WrestleMania but 
They also had a ton of pre-subscribers and all that stuff around that time. So this was expected. It, it skyrocketed. And uh, also one of the things they announced is that they're planning on pushing. Like, they're really... They've been slowly putting more things on the network as far as the on-demand stuff. Okay. As far as the, the live shows. They've been slowly... But it seems like there are real plans to put a lot of it. They're planning on putting a lot more Raws on there. They're planning on putting a lot more Nitros on there. They're adding some things, like, even though we haven't yet seen the, the, the WWE camp thing, which apparently is going to be there. We're, we're learning more and more about this. Okay. Kind of like their version of South Park, sort of, is how they're billing it. We, we saw the casting call, which was interesting, some yeah. of the descriptions they had for the characters. But, um, you know, whether or not that's good, whatever. Uh, they're talking about here, uh, they're adding a reality show for NXT as the NXT superstars try to make it to the WWE's main roster, which kind of sounds like a Total Divas type thing, that sort of fake reality show watching them. And, you know, sure, I'm sure it'll apply apply to some people. They're talking about more uh, podcasts, more WWE 24s, more WWE Lives. And uh, it got, we, we, were, we were thinking, what do we want on the network? Yeah, this is what we came to for our uh, top five this week. Um, w- what do we want to see? Aaron's a subscriber. I am not the WWE Network. But let's just pretend like I could. you could get me. I could be had. Let's just say I came away with a lot more disposable income because part of it is just it's just not worth it for me. But let's just say I had so much money that I could just get rid of it and I could sign up for the WWE Network. Um, what would we want to see? What type of programming would we want to see the WWE include on the WWE Network either that would further encourage us in my case, to become a subscriber, or in Arid's case, to say to make him happier with his subscription. Correct. Uh, do you want to start? Yeah, I'll start. Very good. Uh, my number five is very, very simple. I want all the Raws. I want all the Nitros. Oh, I, I didn't know that you didn't have them. Oh, Jesus. no. Well, I mean, I just said, oh, no, we have like a year, a year and a half of Nitros somewhere around there. Okay. We have up until the end of 96. So so mid-95 mid to the end of 96. From there, we don't have any Nitros at all. I want more. I, you know, I, I'm one of those guys who I, I'm in the process right now of going through all the attitude errors in order. I want to be able to do that through the end. I want to be able to watch a full year of whatever year I want. I don't want it to be limited. Right. I just want all the Raws and Nitros. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I'm, if I had known that, I might have included it on my list. It's not on my list because I thought you had it. Uh, my number five, and I'm going to tell a story here, and I'm going to make this very clear. I did not get this story from Kevin Eck. Um, this was not something that Kevin Eck told me. It was somebody else that involved. It's a story that involves Kevin Eck. Um, I was told from a source that would know that one of the things that Kevin Eck pitched to the WWE was to turn him into a Jason Lockenfora type insider character um, for a daily WWE studio show. And I don't know that I would watch it every day, but I do think there'd be a lot of days that I would. Mm-hmm. It's a very tricky road to walk, mm-hmm. as are their pre- and post-game shows, because you have to keep everyone in character, and that is tough to do to make it look interesting. It might be the place where you do the, the least in character. It would have to be that place in order to get me to watch it, yeah. that you are willing to just let someone talk about stories that, that are out there. Um, but this seems to be something... The WWE is still letting people like you and I do podcasts and have people be interested because it's the one thing you can't get from their programming. Mm-hmm. You can't get real conversation about what's going on. Look, they would not be talking about Hulk Hogan on the WWE Network. They just wouldn't be. You'd have to be accepting of that. 
And that's what separates them. The NFL Network has to talk about their lowest moments. They have to. They have to talk about them. The WWE wouldn't in this case. They wouldn't talk about the professional wrestler that passes away because of a CTA-related injury. But somewhere in between, I think could be interesting programming. And I think it's a shame they haven't figured out a way to make it work. It also comes with an expense, and that's tough. Like to pr- produce a, a daily show, even if it's not live, to produce a daily studio show is an expense that you know they don't know if they could easily justify. So it's my number five would be that daily studio show and an insider-type character, someone who's the newsbreaker that I think could move to Raw and, and SmackDown and have roles on television in other ways and then be sort of your insider on the studio show. Um, that's basically my number four. Was oh, really? I, it wasn't daily because I don't think you could. Yeah, maybe that's too much. You, you, yeah. At most, I think you do twice a week. But my my was like a sports center type show. You can. Yeah. I, I think you could do it in or out of character. Uh, I think, you know, having the insider thing, that wouldn't be a first. You know, they had Mean Jeans Hotline with, right. you know. Doing, doing all of that supposed backstage stuff. And you can do that sort of thing with it. But if nothing else, I think it's a good way of furthering. You, you can have them show up on set. You can have the wrestler show up. On, if you want to do this fully in character, kind of you recap it and you further the feuds. You give us a little bit of, of nibbling here and there. You take some of these uh, feuds that are now mainly going on on Twitter. And, and some wrestlers are doing a great job of furthering their feuds, furthering their characters on Twitter. You, you put that onto a studio show. And I think it would be very entertaining. Wh- whichever way you do it, you don't even ha- you can do a lot of out of character, not a lot, yep. but some out of character stuff in it as well. But just a good way of furthering feud, and again, making it an essential w- the network an essential thing to have. Yeah, that you have to go here for this. Absolutely, yep. something that a a a, a flagship yep. uh, programming, no yep. doubt. Uh, my number four is uh, I I don't know how much I'd watch this, and I know that it's very difficult because of the syndication deals involved. I'd love it if you were able to get some of these sitcoms or other TV shows that WWE stars made appearances on and weave them into your program. You just want Boy Meets World. Well, that's really what it was. I want Vader. I want Vader on WWE Network. That's what I want. Um, But, no, there have been others. There have been others that have been good over the years that you could go back and find. And I think that if you Mm -hmm. weaved in, again, this is to try to get someone to, to tune into the network and stay on the network. That if I watched... That daily mm. flagship show, and then coming up afterwards, there's, you know, the a Vader episode of Boy Meets World. Eh, you might get me for another half an hour yeah. at that point. If it's between that and another episode of Legends House, <laughs> you're way more likely to get me. Again, yep. I accept it. All these shows have syndication deals, so you'd have to be working work out something with the syndication partners and the distributors, and it wouldn't be easy. But I do think it'd be something neat that they could add that would be a little bit different than, you know, just another list show or another, you know, I think that right. that would be something they could do that would be different that could help their network a good deal. And it's not dissimilar to, like, the NFL network or um, majorly the MLB network is the perfect example of this. Shows a lot of baseball, baseball movies. movies. Yep, Little Big Leagues. Yeah, Rookie of the league. Year, the Sand, yep. whatever it is. League, yep. They show a lot of baseball movies. It has nothing to do with current baseball programming or, and they do it in season. It's not just like something they do in the off season. Um, because it's good programming. Because a lot of people, by the way, like some of these movies. Um, so that's just my suggestion, is trying to come away with some of the sitcoms and other TV shows that have involved WWE uh, characters over the years. Uh, my number three is, uh, they've been doing this a little bit, but I think they need to do it more. It's just hour-long 
just quick documentaries on wrestlers. That this can just feature whatever wrestler if you want to build it into a feud and kind of do it a storyline of the or you know an hour long doc of the feud you could do that or if you just want to say here's been the past three years of this wrestler Let, let's take a look at this a little bit closer take a look at this wrestler and how it got to how he got to this point they you know obviously you'd have to go out of character somewhat you could even keep it in character somewhat but just any sort of hour long features of like hey here's this guy I'd love to see right now it- how Dolph Ziggler get to this? Yeah, point. it's it's well, okay. Then it, it is different than my number two. It's different than my number two. So I I like it. I'm not opposed to it. I thought it was similar to my number two, but I'll tell you why All when right. we get there. My number three is um, uh, competition. Um, I'd like to see. You remember the Battle of the Network Stars, right? We yeah. don't really remember it, but you're familiar no, with course. it. I'd love to see a not a game show, but a real. We're going to take um, two stars, you know, Titus O'Neil and Sheamus, and we're going to put them through American Gladiators and see who comes out on top. I could be in for that. Because everything is so scripted, I really do wonder who the better athlete is between the two of them. I really wonder if you had them play a game of basketball and then a game of who would come away with a victory. And... I, I don't know that it would keep me every week, but every now and then something like that could. Now it's just making me want American. Can they just bring back American Gladiators? I mean, that's and not what do the shitty wants. version of the that they, that they did the last time. Hey, that had Magnus in it. It also had Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yes, uh, it did. Um, yes, it did. But 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 I would I think I would be interested in that. I think I'd be interested in an actual comp. Again, not it can't be scripted. If if you pick the winner ahead of time, I'm out. I don't want to. I don't want that. I already get that. I want a true competition between these two people to really see. And it, I still think they can both go be competitors, even if one kicks the other one's ass in an American Gladiators competition. Um, I just want to know. And so a competition show is my number three. All right. Um, my number two is something, again, they've done in the past, and they've done it well, and I just want to see more of them. When Before the WWE Network, they had the on-demand, the WWE on-demand oh, yeah. stuff uh-huh. on cable. Yep. One of the things they did and it's on the network right now that they put it on there, are these Legends of Wrestling roundtables. They picked a theme. Oh, yeah. They got, you know, uh, there there was one on, like, the, the worst characters, and it had just Dusty Rhodes and Mean Gene and Michael right. Hayes and Pat Patterson just sitting around a table and telling stories for, like, an hour and a half of, like, hey, I remember this, or I remember this character, here's how it happened, or, you know, Vince did this and that. I just want more of those. I, I couldn't yeah. get enough of that sort of thing. If you, if you told me you got Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler and Mick Foley. Yeah, just telling stories. Just telling stories. Yeah, I mean, if they could just really make it just telling stories could be the name of the show, and I, I'd be in for that. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a really good one. Uh, my number two, have you seen uh, what UFC Embedded is? I have not seen that. Okay, UFC Embedded is essentially a show that they do where in the build-up to a pay-per-view event, they just travel around with a... Um, a fighter or two, and they turn it into a documentary. Okay. Um, again, this is very tough because I'm asking to to break down kayfabe here, and that's not something they ever want to do. I understand that there would still have to be some level of kayfabe to it, but something that isn't a reality show, something that isn't Total Divas. Mm-hmm. It's a documentary, but it's a documentary about a week. It's about what it's like in that week, really what it's like for that performer as they prepare for this match. It shows them rehearsing with their opponent. 
That's ballsy, that right? That would be ballsy. That's ballsy. That, I, I don't think they would ever cross that line. I, I know it would be very difficult to do, but I, I think there's a way that this can exist as well as Raw and SmackDown and things along those lines. I think you can do both things. I, m- maybe that part they couldn't include. But I think they could include a lot of what that week is like preparing for a pay-per-view match and being somebody that matters in the WWE, showing up dreary-eyed, having to put the smile on when you go do interviews or having to get into character. I think the thing of the idea of getting into character is something that I'd like to see. Yep. That that really how different is Randy Orton from his character? Randy Orton the guy might very well be pretty similar. You know what I mean? Matt Stryker just said, that was kind of me. You know what yep. I mean? Like, I think there would be a lot to be, but it's got to be very similar to what the UFC does with Embedded. It can't be a fake reality show, which is probably what the WWE would end up doing. Yep. Uh, my number one, it's probably something they would never do. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just putting Pretty much it, like everything else that we've talked about so far. Pretty, pretty much, right. But, um... I would say get in bed with another company. It could be a a smaller company in the U.S., something like Ring of Honor. It could be a foreign company like New Japan or AAA. And you have them run their shows on the network. You have hmm. live programming hmm. of another company hmm. on the network. It just and and you know something gr- would be great would be like AAA or New Japan, something that's completely different product that poses no threat to the WWE because they're in different territories. They're never you know different areas, never going to work the same. But if you told me they bought out, God, if they, I, not that I have that much interest in TNA right now, but yeah. hypothetically when TNA was good, if they bought out TNA and said TNA, you know what? You're not. You don't have a network right now. We're gonna put you on the network on the WWE network. I I would love to see that. Any more any more wrestling? I I think would be great. Um, I think it's a a, a bold idea. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a bold. And it's funny you bring that up. Like the NFL Network has shown Arena Football League games yep. in the past. Um, I don't think they still currently do. I think ESPN got that contract back. They also, I believe, showed CFL games. Yeah, I, I, at I one feel point. like NBA TV showed like Turkish League or something like uh, that. Maybe, maybe. I, they I might have like done they, that. Yeah. Um, you know, the, I think it's a neat concept. Yeah. I, I think it's a it's something that I I could see them like look saying we're rent we will sell you our space mm-hmm. exactly we will sell you our space you buy the time you get on the WWE network you get promotion out of it. Um, and it just gives us programming for the WWE Network. And by the way, we're treating you all like um, farm systems anyway. Right. So, Let's hell, make it, official. it helps <laughs> to start, you know, um, promote the guys that are ultimately going to be our superstars. Right. I love it. I think it's a great idea. Uh, my number one I've, I've clamored for in the past, uh, house shows. Yep. Cut-ins. Yep. Uh, again, if you don't want to show an entire house show, but you want to say something like, hey, by the way, on Saturday night, um, you missed these three big matches. No, I'm more thinking along the lines of on Saturday night, Chris Jericho is going to wrestle uh, Ryback in Boston. You can watch the match okay. live on the WWE Network. Oh, I see, live. Okay. Even if you're not going to show the entire house show, mm-hmm. but a match, something that is unexpected. And I think you do it in one of a few ways. I think you could do it where you announce it on Raw. I think you do it where, like, literally on social media on Saturday afternoon, it's a bit of a teaser. Like, hey, tonight, we're already doing the damn match. We got a camera. We're going to put it on the WWE network. WWE cut in. You know. yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I think there's a, a few ways you could go about doing it. And I, I think that you got to be, it's tough because you can't do it every, I, right. I do understand the argument of you, you're using the house shows to start preparing these guys for the pay-per-view. 
mean, the, the guys that are wrestling at house shows that might wrestle each other at the pay-per-view, they're using it to help get them ready for that match. So you can't do it with every match. Right. But there are some matches that there I think you can do it with. Matches that, and many that good That could matches. just live alone. Correct. That can just, in the same way that it was a night of first some Monday night on Raw, right? Yeah. That it's just a chance to watch two guys wrestle. If you want to watch two guys wrestle on Saturday night, good news. You can do it. Yep. It's on T, it's on the WWE Network. Um, it's not going to help advance the storyline. It's not, if you miss it, you're not going to miss anything. Yep. But if you're really into wrestling and you found out that you had the option of seeing Kevin Owens wrestle, um, Chris Wade, Jericho. Chris Jericho or Wade Barrett even yeah. on a Saturday night at a, a house show in Atlanta and you're like, eh, I got nothing else to do tonight. I think this would be particularly good when you're on the West Coast with house shows because Saturday night, 1 a.m., there are people that are awake. Yeah. That they're, they're looking for something to do. When it's not fall and you don't have the Hawaii games on TV. But I mean, even when you're <laughs> yeah. up against only the Hawaii game right, at that exactly. point, right? Like, it's just something to watch. People watch boxing matches at midnight on Saturday night. They'd watch a good wrestling match at midnight on a Saturday night. And you're already doing it. Yep. It, it exists. I mean, the, the only thing is how much more sense would it be to get the camera there to get decent But I, I, I think that you're, you're admitting ahead of time that, that you're, you're telling people what they're getting, right? right. That you're not going to get the full WWE treatment. Right. This is just going to be a wrestling match. Single camera type. It might have yeah. no broadcasters. Okay. I, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm saying you're yeah, telling yeah. this is exactly what you're getting, but give them the option of, oh, hell, I'll poke at it. It's going on. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's something I can watch. And yep. again, it has nothing to do with, we're not going to talk about it on Monday. When we get to Monday night, we will not bring up Wade Barrett wrestling Kevin Owens on Saturday night. It will be as if it didn't exist. But if you yep. want to watch it, it's here. Go watch it if you so choose. I'm in. This went way too long. It, it <laughs> really did. Probably going to be our longest show ever. Yep. Uh, thanks to Matt Stryker. Great, great guest. Thanks to Adam Carricker. Another great, great, great guest. Um, we will get those up individually as well as uh, the full episode 21 of Jobbing Out. Thanks, as always, to WrestleCrate uh, for making everything we do possible. Don't forget, get your questions in to jobbingoutshow at gmail.com, and you can win this awesome Howie Knoll print of Dean Ambrose. Aaron, uh, you're on uh, Twitter where? I'm at Twitter, uh, the A Oster. And what do you have coming up at the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone? Uh, not much for the Baltimore Sun coming up besides my usual weekly uh, Raw and, if I can bear it, another tough enough Ugh. recap. The past couple weeks have been pretty brutal. When are your Total there. Divas recaps coming? <laughs> Never. Oh. Um, but uh, Rolling Dick. Stone, in conjunction, of course, with Triple A's Triple Mania, I got a chance to get on the phone for a half hour, do an interview with Rey Mysterio. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's kind of significant. He, he was a, a great interview. And Did you I, talk and, about the thing? I don't know which thing you're... The, the thing where the guy died? Oh, yeah. We talk wow. about that. We talk about that, and I, I, just here's, here's a good tease for you. You will never uh, guess what his favorite moment in wrestling is. You will not, it won't be the top ten things you think of. Okay. So be sure to keep your eye out for that. Okay, very cool. Um, I'm on Twitter at Glenn Clark Radio, and glennclarkradio.com is where you can find me. Uh, everyone, have a great week. Please continue to spread the word about the show. Still grassroots, still trying to get out there. Uh, tell your friends, tell your family. If you like us, if you don't like us, just tell people about us. That's all of we course, ask for. Don't forget to subscribe and give us good ratings. Yeah, give us on some iTunes. stars. Please do that. Uh, have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. For Aaron, I'm Glenn. This has been Jobbing Out.